want to know what a zero wrote in his family's receipts. There's no fucking money. You're supposed to be earners. That's why you got the top tier positions. So each one of you go out to your people on the street, crack some fucking heads, create some fucking earners out there. Welcome back to Good Earners Reviewing the Sopranos, where we talk about family, finessing, finances, and feelings in the world of Tony Soprano, bringing you a new perspective, a fly perspective, and most importantly, a black perspective. Rich, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I am good, man. We are back in this thing. Uh, our other glorified crew member, Spike Lou, is out on business. So uh, we're we going we gonna to keep this thing uh, rolling and keep pushing forward, handling the business here at home. So shout uh, out to my dog, Spike, man. Absolutely. Um, normally, Spike Lou does the synopsis, but <laughs> I'll do the synopsis here um, unless you have a way to do it, Rich. Um, oh, nah. Uh, but before you do, man, make sure you let them know what perspective we talk coming from. Oh, it's the black perspective. Come on, baby. You know what I'm saying? I know that's yeah. part of your opening spiel. Yeah, that's we can't forget the black perspective. That is kind of one of the selling points of this show. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> my, fa- my favorite part of the show. That's your favorite part. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> we did not have that before. There was no black soprano podcast before. We are the first and the only. <laughs> um, but just to kind of put a bow on the synopsis of this episode this episode they deal a lot with spirituality and how it affects people that are in and out of the mob particularly uh paulie and how he feels about dreams and the afterlife tony rather he has a belief or he doesn't have belief carmella trying to lean more into her catholic roots and even the children and how they feel about things this is this episode we're reviewing season two episode nine from where to eternity Ready to get into this thing, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So the first scene, Christopher is in the hospital. They jam playing this jam. You know, it's a black soulful song. Those songs always hit, especially when it's funeral like scenes. And Adriana is, I mean, she's going for the Emmy here because she is <laughs> crying her little heart out. And it, Chris looks like he's not going to recover, man. And then. We get people walking in, Seal and his wife, and they all come for support. They really are selling this pretty heavy. What, what did you think about this scene coming in right away? And imagine this in the 90s, I mean, in the 2000s when it came out. Yeah, you know, so we, we get the cliffhanger last week and we open up this episode. We see Chris is still with us, but we don't know his exact condition. Um, and like you mentioned, there's going to be a heavy spirituality theme in this episode. And the episode also, so for me, is view how we view things after life events or how we view with the certainties in the world versus what's not so certain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we build a lot on faith and the things that we believe in. We see, like you mentioned, Carmela and her faith, mm-hmm. Paulie has faith as well, but it's a different type. You know, mm-hmm. everybody kind of defines their own thing um, and experience kind of just shapes us into believing that, that there are possibilities and options other than the ones that we were raised on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it big stuff? Is it small stuff? I don't know that stuff for us to decide, but, we see Chris, they, the episode does a real good job of 
all right, Chris is going to be cool because they do have a conversation of, you know, they might have to take out his spleen, but he is mm-hmm. breathing on his own. So we know mm-hmm. his condition is improving. And then we see other things throughout this, the episode that makes us think that Chris might. Yeah, um, he might not make it to episode 10. So, yeah, overall, man, it was just a kind of this is the bad side of the mob, man. This is the mm. these are the sad times when your man gets hit because now you yeah. got to take care of business and you have to be there. Yeah, you're right. Um some interesting things jumped out to me, and I completely agree with what you're saying. It's uh, a little foreshadowing here. Silvio says Chris is a tough kid, and mm-hmm. if anybody could make it through, then it's Chris, and he's speaking to Adriana, which is very haunting. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything here, <laughs> but for those right, who, right, right. you know, they know, but they don't know. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we also witnessed Christopher's mom comes in, but it's a different mom than we're familiar with later down in the season of Sopranos. Yeah. Did you think that was kind of, I don't know exactly why they recast it. I didn't research this necessarily, but do you think any part of it plays a part because she really didn't look much older, if older at all than, you know, Carmela or, you know what I mean? Like, you know what? I didn't think about it like that. Um, That's not a bad point. She kind of, I don't know. I know some of it has to do with the fact that we know Chris's mom, moving forward in the series. And I think she kind of played it well. Um, for some reason, I just like her character. I like her more than what I see. And I know it was a little bit extra and over the top because your son got shot. Your baby got shot. You're in the hospital. I know you're upset, but mm-hmm. it just seemed like it may be a little bit of overacting. And you know, a lot of times <laughs> when that happens, yeah. you have these minor roles that actors are in and then they might get a call for something else, a series, a season regular, mm-hmm. you know, so they tell, the, the two or three times the episode, the season I might be in Soprano, say I can't do this anymore. I got a full role. Yeah, they can just recast it because it's not that serious. So it could have been one of those situations too. Mm. Yeah, because it, it when she hugs Seal, she basically say, "Yo, get him." You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. whoever did it, get him. And it kind of seems like her sentiment is a little different than the later Christopher Montesanti mom to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. she seemed. Yeah, I mean, and I. I mean, she was married to Dickie Montesanti, so I, I can't put it that far out of reach, I guess. I, maybe I'm misinterpreting. I guess in the context, if you've never seen uh, Many Saints of Newark and it never and it hadn't came out yet, in that context, it would seem kind of weird. But I guess when you got Many Saints, it all kind of makes sense. So, But yeah, I, I just thought I was like, man, she looks kind of young to be Christopher's mom. You know what? When you say it like that, it does make me think normally when we see... Um a different actor portray a character. Mm-hmm. It's the same character, just different actor, right? This seems like a new character. These they seem like two different moms, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I don't know how much of that is the circumstance because things are always heightened when tragedy happens. Mm-hmm. She got her, her her kid in the hospital, but at the same time, we didn't get that. There's a famous scene with Phil mm. and Chris's mom where she yes. wasn't even that kind of. This mom would have bucked a little bit more. I feel. Absolutely. Versus, you know, even though it is Phil, and like I said, we won't talk about it too much or spoil anything, but um, I don't know. Just There's a difference for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And either it has meaning or it has no meaning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like the Soprano. In a, in Just a like this episode. Of, in a of Phil. <laughs> it's, all, it's, uh, all, it's all a big nothing. It is all a big nothing. Uh, there was this interesting moment that we, we pan out to the lobby and um, – this moment where Paulie and Big P they on the side and the guy that the, looks like the 
police. These guys are trying to kind of investigate lightweight. And the guy says, I thought you want to help your friend. And Paulie slightly side eyes Big P. And the cop is only looking at him when he says that part. Mm-hmm. Almost like he's clued in on Big P's rat. And I, it almost seemed like the guy that came to walk him off, like grab his shoulder, like, yeah, let's come on, man. It almost seemed like he was like, bro, you you kind of blowing it. I don't know if I'm reading too deeply into it, but it, I literally looked at his eyes, looked directly at P when he said that, like, I thought you want to help your friends out. But it almost seemed like, what friends are you talking about? Um, <laughs> that, When you say it like that, the friends part, that's actually a pretty good pool. I never looked at it in that vein. The mob, they don't talk. So mm-hmm. I think it was just one of those situations when Paulie looked at him, it was kind of like, you know how this goes. They didn't say a word. Tony's playing dumb. But that's interesting. Um, I don't think that he's a criminal informant for the FBI, mm-hmm. right, for the feds. That information just doesn't get leaked. The average Joe Blow, who was a detective asking questions about this kid that got murdered, you know, to the mob, they're not going to have that information. They're not going to be privy to that. Skip wouldn't even probably know that that's something that they're involved in. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing about hierarchy and the feds and all that stuff, if it's below them, if it's beneath them, they'll treat it like it's beneath them. Mm-hmm. They won't get involved. They don't want to show any interest. They want the big high profile cases to make them look like rock stars. So mm-hmm. the fact that one of them would be talking to one of these low level detectives, I couldn't see it happening for them to know. Okay. Uh, but it is an interesting, like I said, <laughs> this episode is about the way we see things. Yeah. So that is an interesting pool because I never thought of it like that. And who's to say that you're wrong? I don't yeah. see it, but it, it's just another that's, way to look at something. We see so that. Right it's episode. crazy like that. You're right, yeah. though. You're right. And that's a great, great point, too. Like these do, guys do. I mean, they're dressed up in suits, but they do look low level. They're not really prying either. So it does come off very low, low tier when it comes to these feds in the lobby uh mm-hmm. then we get you know we get richie he comes in and uh you know he he's supposed to he i don't even know if we get a lot of this but we get him and adriana an interaction only other time we've gotten this season is the second episode i believe uh yeah, where yeah. she dropped him off you know at, at um uh beansies um that's yeah. the only other time and then we get the reference to like you don't put your if you're gonna you keep your hands in your pocket unless you're going to put a ring on, you know, basically. So we don't get a lot of interaction, but this was a great connective tissue to remind us. Yes, that's her uncle, you know, when he embraces yep, her and everything. So I, I really did like that. I wish we would have seen more of that. That's what I will say. We didn't get a lot of that, but I would definitely wish we would have seen a little bit more of that later on when, you know, uh, uh, he's trying to go in, trying to further their relationship, him and Janice. I wish we would have seen a little bit more between them two, but uh, the interesting thing here too, uh, Richie is like they're all staring at him, and Paulie is over. They walk oh, outside, uh, and Paulie straight up like, "Man, come on with it." He's like, "Man, look, relax." Like, <laughs> and, and it's, they're surrounding them, but Richie is cool to the bug, smoking his cigarette. Got the info, man. What you think about this little outside interaction? Richie, old school man, and they know there's some tension there because. Um, I don't know if they know at this point about Richie and Matt coming to see him afterwards, mm-hmm. but everybody just had enough of Richie. You know, okay. he, he, he's a bad, he's, he, he brings bad energy. They mentioned in the hospital. Um, he's only supposed to come if he finds out information. 
there's a whole jacket incident. We don't know what's transpired with that. So we know Richie feels away as well. Mm-hmm. You can't, energy doesn't lie, man. Mm-hmm. So you know when something's off. And Richie feels away about Tony. Tony's been feeling away about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're using him just for the information he can provide. Richie knows that. So he don't really give a fuck about anything else that Paulie's <laughs> talking about. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Paulie. We see that we, we see that throughout the whole series. Paulie's always with the shits. Mm-hmm. Steps to him. And Tony's the one that kind of hold on. All right, let, let's get this info. Because mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's not a big deal because they have to find out who did this to Chris and where he's at. Yeah. Like that's that's priority number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an interesting scene to see. And um, you know, once again, Richie don't care, man. Richie from the old school. Richie he's from the carries old it a different school. way. Yeah. You know, watching it this way, and I, I imagine you have you have your own other, a few other podcasts. It's something to speak to when you go through watching a show in slow motion and how you are digesting and processing it. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched this series around, of course, I mean, I did not like Richie. I mean, but they're, yeah. they're kind of baiting us to be that way because Tony's our guy. The second time I watched it, I didn't like him, but I, I, I didn't, of course you don't like the people that are trying to make villains, but you start to respect what they do for the show. This time around, I have grown a real appreciation for Richie now. Like, well, I'm kind of, he's still nuts, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of respect, he's trying to make the best of what the new school is doing coming out of prison. And we find out here, I know we said last episode, uh, 20 years, but it actually was 10. We find out here. It I was, was 10, I was, okay. Yeah, because I was like, I don't think it's 20. I feel like 20 would have been emphasized a little more, but anyway, uh, but but yeah, I like this. Uh, they're surrounding them, and there's a funny line. Well, it's not funny now, but it'd be funny later. Tony's like, I'm sure one of our guys will find him, and they'll try to get some extra points on the street. But we find out later that like it was so cheap <laughs> of how who who gave the information for how much. Right, right, right. Crazy. Um, last part of the scene before we move on. Silvio's wife, I, I never, I don't remember her name. She tells Carmela about this Ralph guy, not the Ralph we later know, but a different Ralph, Rutaldo. Ralph and Mary Rutaldo, and how Ralph had a baby with his Gumar. This is definitely, if you didn't notice this, but hands down, this is a biblical reference. This is this is um, Abraham and and Sarah. This is the reference there of him, you know, basically having a child with their servant. Like this is, it just jumped out to me right away. Like spiritual I man, spiritual theme, <laughs> yeah, spiritual theme in the show. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that? I mean, I guess did you take anything from that part, or did you just feel like it was just a setup? Yeah, it was just a setup for letting us know what kind of state of mind Carmela would be in. I mean, that is when you think about you think about the women who live that life mm-hmm. in the. All of them practice some kind of Christianity religion. Mm-hmm. Um, we know they're Catholic. There's a set of codes that they follow, and they want their marriage to be one way, but they all know they have Gumars. They all kind of accept it. So mm-hmm. the worst possible scenario is you have a side baby. We talk about it all the time. Women's one of the women's biggest gripes, man. Don't embarrass me. Don't, don't be out here embarrassing me, making me look crazy. Man. I mean, that's her concern right now because she knows she wants Tony to be honest. All right, either you're doing it. Cause I know you ain't going to stop. So I'm not going to ask you to stop, but I'm going to ask you at least if you're going to do that, get snipped. But we just see the wheel spinning as far as <laughs> yeah. that whole conversation and where it's going. And it rolls right into the next scene. Well, like, let's just roll right into it. Cause you already cooking. We get Carmela, Tony in bed and, and he, 
Carm tells this uh, tells Tony that she loves him and and doesn't want one of the things to happen to any. He don't want nothing to happen to anyone. And 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 she gets this a tearful moment. And he said, "I well, he said I can't do another one of these tearful moments till five in the morning." And we'll see a later scene where this is fleshed out, where she talks about you walk around like there's not a piano, you know, about to drop over your head. You know, this is kind of this right here is kind of a, a seed sown for later on, which is kind of uh, Carmela coming out of the mundane, regular house, suburban mob wife thing and kind of she'll step into the reality of, OK, you are my boss. These things can happen. And. Before I throw the ball in your court, I, I just thought about how much work it takes to compartmentalize the, the being in this lifestyle. You know, that's a possibility, but it's all good till it's not. When Tony gets shot or when Chris gets shot, then you realize, oh, they are in the mob again. You know, so it's mm -hmm. that that level. These moments are reminders that break her out of that mundaneness, which I think uh, is just very realistic. But she tells him that she wants him to get a vasectomy. So now what were you saying about this, this, this conversation between them two? Uh, well, first, that was a good, that was a great pool that you just mentioned, just that uh, a lot of time when it comes to the mob, or even when you talk about gangster flicks in general, hood flicks, mm -hmm. it's the ro the, uh, the romance that we have with, you know, the anti-heroes. You know, mm -hmm. we like the, we like the lifestyle that they live. We like the clothes they wear. We like the houses they in, the flashy things, the cars. Um, but there's also that other side of it as well, which is, you know, we like when they're punishing or they're shooting at somebody. But when they get hit, that's when we take it more personally. So <laughs> we get that perspective. And you're right. You know, this is a moment where now one of ours is hit. How does that look? Mm -hmm. um, and that's not the part that everybody runs to. Mm -hmm. But it's probably the most fascinating part, because that's the that's when you got to stand your tallest. Mm -hmm. Tony has a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. And we see that as this episode progresses Carmelo realizes that as well there's a lot of communication a lot of things said without being said between them oh yes um, yeah but we'll, we'll get out into all that but as far as this conversation first of all <laughs> I'm not a fan yeah Carmelo in the passive aggressiveness for one oh, yeah you know your wife all right no yeah matter what kind of husband Tony is that's for a whole another conversation for another day but you know your wife when your wife when your wife who was if she's not regularly picking up the Bible to sleep at the end of the night <laughs> and she picks up the Bible you know what time it is, man. Oh, you man. know you about to... <laughs> he looks right at her and says, you know, why don't you get some sleep? Because I know you got something on your mind. Yeah. And it's not just Chris. Yeah. You know, I'm sure plenty of people have been shot and you haven't gone to your Bible like this. So something else is going on. And before we even get started, I don't want to hear it. So that's the first thing that Tony plays that. I would hear it. <laughs> you mentioned the part of, you know, he rolls over, says he can't do this 5 a.m. emotional thing. Mm-hmm. The facial expression by James Gandolfini, when she mentions uh, Rafi Rotato, mm -hmm. when she mentions him, and he kind of, I think every man has had this. Bro. Another man messes up. Bro. And now he brings that drama in your life. Bro. I, now, now I got to get this conversation because you couldn't do your shit this way you were supposed to be doing it. That's Bro. what Tony's. That's what Tony's face said, man. And it was beautiful, beautiful expression acting. Oh, man. I, I'm glad oh, I, you hit on that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, man, yeah. Uh, I do feel Tony, though, because Chris, my nephew, was in the hospital. Your cousin is in the hospital. I, I don't want to talk about this shit right now. He, you get what I, I'm saying? So Tony was that. in his right. He was in his right to be like, yo, I'm not trying to hear this. I'm not trying to hear this at all. 
Uh, but her just bringing up the vasectomy, him getting snipped. Obviously, we know Tony just being – we've had episodes on here where I talked about manhood and just those things. Tony's not going for that. He's not no, getting his no. snipped. He's a boss. Yeah. You really – you literally want to take me by the balls. You literally trying to break my balls. Yo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Come on, man. That is never going to fly. She knew that. But in Carmela's defense, from her point of view – I'm not trying to be embarrassed. This is something that's important to me. I let you do everything you need to do. This is my mm-hmm. ass. Mm-hmm. So it's a give and take. But Carmella yeah. just might, I wish she could just come out and say stuff. That's why Tony. I, I know. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. You're you're absolutely you hit on the nail when like it, women. That's why I, I was that was in my notes. It's like right on par where it's about a whole different relationship, and now it's about y'all relationship. And that I've I can't tell you how many times I've seen that in my life, uh, <laughs> in my my marriage, and then also. Tony had a crazy line in this scene too. A crazy line. Oh man, the the line you talking about? Like I had her tested for AIDS. Yes. Who do you, what do you think I am? It's so much insinuation there. <laughs> it's like I'm raw That's, dogging. I'm I'm doing so much. I bought some trash, as you would put it. Like he was, and then as soon as it came out, immediately thought about it. Like oh why not? Because it now it kind of paints a visual in her head of how nasty you are because you're doing crazy things with her like you're not even like i get where he was coming from but boy that was like crazy it's bad enough that she knows like you said now she has a visual now she's now she's picturing things in her head that's gonna yeah she'll never be able to get that out no not at all um we go back to the hospital we see that people are dozing off it looks like this is maybe the same night um Adriana kind of sleep. Big P for some reason got shaving cream in his hand and a blade. Uh, Paulie sanitizing. He was on it early before COVID. Way before COVID, he's sanitizing his hands. And uh, it looks like they're still just waiting to get an update mm-hmm. uh, here. But uh, Adriana, they they find that this is what we find out that he possibly might have to get his spleen taken out and. And we see that flatline scene. I mean, they really were pulling at our heartstrings here, bro. Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine? Like, these two episodes I'd imagine in real time when it came out. These two episodes getting that ending of Chris getting shot and being in the hospital to this right here, not knowing if he's gonna live. I man, the viewers had to go crazy at this point. Like, because yeah, I don't sure. know if he's gonna make it's flatline, it's like he's gonna live, he gonna don't he not gonna live. Um Big P says a phrase also. <laughs> I don't know if he was the first, but he said positive vibes only. I don't think right, I right, right, right. That was a crazy little like, dang, was that early or was that a thing? Or he came up with that himself. Um, but yeah, we eventually Tony Carm, they come back to the hospital. Um what 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 did you gather from this this portion of the hospital uh scene? Um, well, obviously that cold blue was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the the show did a really good job of that opening scene, we see Chris in the hospital bed, but there is a conversation about him taking the tubes out. He's breathing on his own. That's for us as the viewers to know that his condition is improving. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking everything is good. And then they rope us back in. Like you said, they're pulling out our heartstrings. Now Chris has a cold blue and we don't really know if he's going to make it or not. And they get the phone call to Tony. Tony kind of has that look on his face. We don't know. And so as an audience, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a small nugget just going to your spirit spirituality point, uh, we see a family that I'm assuming 
And when Big P looks over in the lobby, I'm assuming that family is a Muslim, a Muslim faith family. Mm. So just that spirituality thing, we mm -hmm. all kind of have, whether, whether you're Buddhist, Christian, Muslim, you mm -hmm. kind of have these same principles within your faith. Mm -hmm. um, even though they're different. So I don't know if they put that in. I, I'm assuming they put that in yeah. their purpose. Like they, oh, yeah. just, they, they didn't have any lines, anything like that. It was just a quick pan over and peace song. Mm -hmm. um, so you get that as well. Yeah. There's a lot of people, but I just want to mention this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people rubbing up on Adriana, man. I know they're right. trying to okay. console her and okay. give her some comfort. All right. There's there we a go. Lot of it going this, on. Is, this is what we're here for. There's <laughs> a lot of it going like, on. Man. Everybody get it off. You know, everybody, everybody, bro. Okay, because I, I definitely thought I wouldn't. I'm like, but I do think though they was getting cheap feels because that's what these guys do. We'll see something yeah, later. Uh, I thought they did a really good job at consoling her. You know, Big P and Paulie. You know, I, I mean, it might be some feel kind of too comfortable with it, but I still think. Weirdly enough, for these mob guys to kind of not be very emotional like that at all, Tony's probably one of the exceptions to it. You know, maybe there was probably other mob guys in, in over the past, but like I think they did a really good job in kind of being there in that moment for the flatline. And and yeah. you, you talk spiritual, I think also, you know, Chris, we will find out later that he technically died for one minute. Uh, he was physically dead. It kind of it's kind of reference, I think, to Christ. Chris, Christ, you know what I'm saying, died, yeah. rose again. I think that's kind of a part of that too, leaning into yeah. that that idea as well. Uh, so again, man, great job and great pull. I did not catch that family there. That was a uh, that was really great. Um, then we get yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I was I'm about to talk about Carmela. Oh, I was gonna say before, another thing that I think is really important, and I mentioned this already in the episode, just how we see we see how things look when things are down, when things mm -hmm. are bad, right? Mm -hmm. I said previously the weight that Tony has on his shoulder because he's the leader. He's the one that everybody's looking to. So it's really important for us to see Tony being the boss and being cool about it, mm -hmm. making sure that he sends everybody positive. You know, make, we, we got to be positive. That's the least we can do. We owe him that. Mm -hmm. um, being there at any moment, they're calling him in the middle of the night. He's showing up with Carmela to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's expected, but it means something to do everything you can to get there as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, when you when you're the leader in moments of trial, everybody's looking at you, like I said, and that's, you know, everybody underneath. They know that's how that's how they're going to be treated if that happens to them. Mm -hmm. So if you handle that poorly, it starts questioning my hmm. loyalty and what you really do. Like, are you really there for me as a boss? Is this really a family? Because I remember when Chris got shot and Tony was slow dragging his feet to the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't saying, you know, he had negative ideas. Like, I don't hmm. know. That's when those talks start taking place. Hmm. So it's really important, man. And, you know, it's no different than when they say, you know, if, if a boss and his crew goes to jail, bail them out first. Hmm. Get them out. Like, make sure they're taken care of, that they know you got their back. You get hmm. their lawyer in there, all of that. They just need to know that because, like I said, if it goes bad, I got to look out for number one. So yeah. they did a really good job of showing Tony in that position. He's even wow. doing mundane work is bringing them coffee. That's not something Tony yeah. does, but that's something he that's a side of him he needs to show yeah. that I'm here for y'all. This is the family part of things. Yeah. So as a boss, it was really important for him to portray that. So I, I really enjoyed that part of that scene. Man, what a what a great point, man. So much you're you're, you're dropping here. And you're absolutely right. Um, because I want to get right, I want to get to that that morning scene, but before that, um Carmela um comes in and 
and she prays. I don't know if we get many scenes like this, but they she goes into like this dark room and the only thing that's kind of lit is like the cross is on the wall and it's beaming towards the bed. So I definitely, I mean, it's it's just so many references here. Like it's all over, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. And I think too, what I find very interesting too is um, you talk about Tony being the boss and like how he kind of showcases it. I think also it's beautiful how both worlds come because now this is this is a two family matter. This is the family of the mob and this is the family of a fa- of the family. Mm-hmm. And then it's yep, like yep. he he's he's on the road to getting made on this side. But he's also my nephew, which is also we'll find later out Carmela's cousin. So it's mm-hmm. it's the the world's blend. So this is a very complicated situation, really. You know what I mean? Because it, it, you trying to figure out what it calls for. And even when we get the later scene with Carmela, when they're trying to make up and we get the scene later where she kind of has a look, but quickly it, it changes because you kind of understand what's what's happening so uh but yeah let's go right to that morning scene so you 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 could you could lead us into it you was talking about tony um bringing coffee kind of serving another concept yeah. you know being the leader but yet called to serve it's kind of like mm-hmm. leaning into that as well yeah because it can't you can't have somebody on the ropes and down and still be asking people to do that stuff i mean you can but if mm-hmm. i'm able to then i will just to show i got y'all back y'all take care of me all the time i got y'all too Coffee for everybody. Uh, one quick thing that I do just want to mention about Carmela and her prayer. I will say that is the first thing that that's the first time I believe in this series that I actually I felt Carmela took her spirituality seriously mm-hmm. um, versus using it as a front or something to hide behind whenever it's yeah. convenient. Tony even mentions that this episode. Mm-hmm. You use your religion when it's convenient to you. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last week about Carmela and her decision. She is. Everything that she does is for her. Like you said, she's she has the luxury to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this scene, I thought that was really that was genuine, and I felt and spirituality once again. Yeah. Um, even though it is very later on, we find out it's very selfish of her, and she thinks that oh, she has yeah. this overall <laughs> power. But it was just a cool scene. Um, yeah. But as you said, we get here to the morning with Doctor Ruben. Tony brings the coffees, mm-hmm. and we see a hash sighting. Okay, another um, reference. Hey, yeah, man. He's, Ju- like he's, he's Jewish. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, of course, you know. His only scene in the movie is at the hospital. He's, he's reassuring <laughs> Adriana that, uh, you know, this is the he keeps the reviews on. I guess he keeps up with all the reviews of all. Yeah. The, in a tri-state uh, area. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is, I guess, not I guess that's smart. Um, If you somebody like Hesh. Yeah. But at I the guess. same time, it's also like an odd thing. I guess I don't know. If that just oh, yo, 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 hold on. Yeah. This is a callback to the pilot. Okay, what's up? Remember, remember they had the 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 oh, racket. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Hesh was a part of that, right? That is right. Yeah, I think that I, could be something. So I, that's that why he's keep, more business, but that's a good call. I ju- I didn't even think about it to that very moment. I'm like, oh yeah, Hesh was, you know, yeah, that racket when they was chasing dude down for the for the insurance. That, yeah, that, that might that might be why he keeps track of that stuff. That's a good pool. That's a good pool, man. That, yeah, that's crazy. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, Hatch acting like he had died. Hatch is always doing too much, man. Acting more important than what he is. He giving yeah. the kiss on the cheek to Adriana. Like Rubber I said, asking these doctors these questions. Polly asked him, like, what the fuck you guys talking about? I don't know, man. Hush just, Hush just got this face. He just got that yeah. face, man. I told you, bro. I, that's how I feel about, you know, the, the, the happy wanderer. Like, 
did I do something to offend you? Like he just got that face. Like I just want to punch a hole in your face, dude. Cause you just, <laughs> man. Like, so I understand when y'all talk about hash face, that's how I feel about, uh, I forgot what his name is, but he'll be popping up here again. Soon. I think Dave or something like that. I, I know you Davey. Talking. That's what he yeah, is. Dave, Davey. Um, uh, also, I wanted to speak to um, this is where, you know, like you said, Dr. Ruben coming and tell, tells the news. But <clears throat> I think this episode is also kind of a precursor to season six B, where we get the, we get more of a fleshed out version of this through a main character. I'm glad I didn't mm -hmm. say it, but through a main character also being shot. And now instead of telling what the vision was that we're going to get here in a scene, Christopher, we actually get the 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 visual dream sequence kind of drawn out through the, you know, the, obviously the writing and the acting and producing of the show. So I think this is, this to me is kind of a, a precursor and it's almost like a <clears throat> arcless, <laughs> if that's a word, arcless now version. You, you made it one. You just made it. I one. just, we just, I, I can't make it up. I just did. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> the Sopranos got a phrase for everything. Uh, Straight up. But they said the doctor said he specifically wanted to speak to Paulie Gaultieri and Tony, which I thought was so interesting. Um, they go in there and he's alert, but he got he has the button for the morphine. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask the question about do you think this kind of put him back in that spot? But then Paulie already says it, you know, about. You know, this the, the the kid, his chemistry is set a little too too much to too much because he obviously is a druggie. Um, but what did you think about this this concept? He said, This is our hell. Our hell is an Irish bar. Uh, and every day is St. Patrick's Day, and, and, and all of the bets they do, they lose. And every night his father, uh, his father gets whacked the same way and it's painful and it starts over and it does it again. And he said, Mikey and Brandon Falone are friends there now, which you know, Mikey whack Brandon, season one. Christopher's friend and you know Paulie thinks it's nuts and then he tells them hey he gave y'all one message and he says three o'clock which is going to be a, a significant thing for those that are new watchers of the show three o'clock is significant significant um but what did you what did you, is there any concepts or metaphors you caught from this dream I always thought this was so interesting um, there's a couple of things. There's one, there's one that I want to mention later on in this episode. Okay. Um, so I won't, I won't speak about it now, but I will bring it back up later. Um, uh, the three o'clock thing. If you remember last episode, we had a very small scene with Tony in Dr. Melfi's office. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, they weren't talking and he, he looked at his watch and said, you know, it's Tuesday, three o'clock, nowhere to mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. That was just another three o'clock reference. I don't mm -hmm. know what ties it has, but back to back episodes, I thought it was worth mentioning. Mm. Um, but it's also, I told you earlier, this is about seeing things from a new light. Okay. Chris sees something that nobody has ever seen. I mean, he was clinically dead. Like we, mm. he didn't, you know, we get confirmation of that. This wasn't made up. Chris was yeah. out of here. Yeah. Um, and they brought him back, which is a miracle in itself. Boy. And it shows a great perspective of it, you, us as a viewer. We, you have three avatars, I guess. You have us as viewers, you have Tony. And you have Paulie all in a situation where we're all receiving this news at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And it's up for us to believe if we if, if we believe it or not. There's so much unknown and unsure. So we got Chris who just had a traumatic experience. He could he could be, you know, off the morphine. 
he could have had a bad dream, but mm-hmm. he's for certain the way he's describing oh, yeah. it, this is real. It sounds ridiculous though, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about it and he's telling he went to hell and it's an Irish bar, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. So Tony's looking at it like, yo, this dude is just on one. Like he's mm-hmm. full of it. We see Paulie's interest. Yeah. You know, Paulie's curious about what he's saying. I want to know more. Like it's probably is bullshit, but just in case, yeah. let me see what's going on. He's being very descriptive while also sounding really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it puts us in. It, it, did it happen? Did it not happen? Did Chris really see this? Um, Paulie's, I mean, Tony's face when Paulie asked him what Mikey was wearing, he was like, Yo, what are you doing? I can't believe you're even buying into this. We yeah. gotta get out of here. Yeah, um, so it was just a cool perspective of like anything else, man. If I ask you if you believe in ghosts, you either do or you don't. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say maybe I can convince you, maybe I can't. Mm-hmm. If you believe ghosts are real, that's something you believe. A lot of people don't, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always conspiracy people. People think yeah. that we really landed on the moon. People think we did it. People think dinosaurs really existed. People think they didn't. And there's <laughs> yeah. just always it's up to you on what you is want the to decide. Earth flat or is it round? You know <laughs> exactly. You have all the information presented to you. You come up with your own choice. And it's just that complexity of life mm-hmm. that this scene brings to me. And there's another scene later on with Tony oh, yeah. and Paulie that I think is wonderful. Yeah, uh, just talking about perspective. Like I said, like this episode to me just screams perspective mm-hmm. and how you view things. Hmm. Yeah, it, the more we're breaking it down, it's kind of it's it's leaving an impression on me a little bit more. Um, yeah, so yep, you're right. And but I, I did want to say immediately, Chris says, Tony, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't want you to be mad at me. And I think that that's very important because, um, the fact of the matter is, Tony, I had these guys at the executive game. Tony, I had these guys at the construction site. Tony, I've had these guys at Wobistics. I, 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 these guys, I had these guys, uh, you know, breaking into safes. I had these guys, and I, I, get, I gave you my word that these guys were legit because on my word, and they turned mm-hmm. their back on me and shoot me. So I imagine immediately it's like that they were for me and I made you look bad. So I, I, I'm glad that they did that because that's a quick thing. Like, I got to say sorry right away because I had no idea these dudes going to turn their back. He was so shocked when they shot at him. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. Chris, what's up? Yeah, hey, what's going on? Bow. You know what I mean? That. Nah. Um, so, yeah, I just I wanted to highlight that part. You really killed that. Uh, the rest of the. Um, the rest of that dream uh, perspective. But, yeah, he he. I do believe he's seen these things. I, I don't. Normally, when you wake up, if it, normally if you wake up and you speak to your dream, speak about your dream soon, you can remember very clear. It, you know, if mm-hmm. you do it right away. So I try to do that now. If I have dreams, I put it in my notes. Yeah, um, you see, Doctor Melfi last season, or maybe it was earlier this season. I think it was earlier this season when she had a dream about that dream about Tony mm-hmm. uh, with the Wizard of Oz music and him crashing through. She woke up and wrote it down, mm-hmm. uh, so she can have that memory when she took it to therapy. Um, I, I was listening to this podcast once um, and they were talking about there was a guy who had this out-of-body experience hmm. and he was in a coma and he described his experience and it was, I won't say similar to Chris, but it was just something that he, it, it wasn't your your normal or stereotypical view of heaven or hell and it was a beautiful place and he there was information that he knew, like, he, all right, so I won't get too deep into it because I don't want to sidetrack. I'll tell you off, off mic because it's very interesting. Okay. But these type of things can happen. There have been real examples of people and they know things. So that's what that's what that scene does for me. It sounds crazy, but they also know things that they shouldn't know. 
Like mm. this guy had a, something he said when he woke up out of this coma that he wouldn't have known because he was in a coma for so long. But yeah. He knew exactly what happened to somebody, you know, in the real world. Hmm. So just weird stuff that you just be like, damn. And it's like I said, it just makes you question, is this real or not? Hmm. What so, podcast was this? <laughs> it was it was an NPR podcast. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I'll talk to you about it off mic. It was a very interesting conversation in just moment because it was. Okay. Yeah, it was like a Chris moment for real. You're like, hey, it just happened. I don't know. I kind of believe this. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I can't fix that, but okay. Uh, so you you spoke to Tony and Melfi. I look like a ghost now. Speaking of ghosts, <laughs> 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 am I really here? Is this AI? Here? <laughs> hey man, you're keeping up with the theme. Crazy. Um, so we get this Tony and Melfi scene, and this is where we get our famous. Uh, you know, we're soldiers. We don't go to hell. If you if you accept those stakes then you have to do certain things. Um, this is a very interesting scene because the fourth wall is broken in their relationship. Tony yeah. goes into his whole... Oh, man. Tony goes into his whole thing about Italians and how they had to get it how they live. They had to come over here to this country and regardless of what it is, they took pride in what that you know, family and doing it together. And they did what they had to do. But Melfi finds a really big issue with this, bro. Mm -hmm. what, what did you think about her issue? Because Tony explains how, you know, he justifies his actions with the mafia and how like the white man of this country have done worse. Like JP Morgan, JP uh, Morgan, you know, and then that that's when she goes into her thing. But what did you what did you think about it? Dr. Melfi's having a moment where she's seeing Tony differently. Hmm. Again, we talk about this perspective. She's she's questioning what kind of role she she can't believe that Tony really believes that, right? Hmm. And if he really thinks like this, and this is his mindset, how much harm am I doing in the actual world by helping this man out? Mm -hmm. So her own moral values and beliefs are coming into question, and you can't have that in a doctor-patient relationship. You know, it has to be strictly professional. But she's yes. judging Tony. She believes that she's sick of his shit, pretty much. <laughs> and that doesn't work. It, it can't work like that. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. We, like I said, perspectives. Tony, the way Tony sees himself is very interesting. That, that, that the fact that he does think that that we don't, you know, him and Chris aren't are the type that deserve hell. That they that's reserved for cannibals and people who kill for pleasure and you know molesters, mm -hmm. not them. Um, they're just playing the game that they've been played. You know, there's laws and rules to their world. They follow them. They're not out here hurting civilians. They have codes. You know, he's 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 placed this. He's drawn this world up to where the stereotypical good guys are bad and the stereotypical bad guys are good. Hmm. And um, yeah, it's just an interesting thing. And Dr. Melfi sees that can be very dangerous that you're shifting reality like that. Yeah. And 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 she said, you know, what does that have to do with you? And, and it's just the craziest because then Tony says, you pick you. This is where you draw the line. You pick a side here. This is what we doing. I prom I felt Tony a thousand percent right here, bro. This is what we mm -hmm. doing right here. So this is where you want to you want to now put your personal stake in, which is weird because this their relationship is so undefined. The the kids, the young people these days talk about 
like no titles and stuff. But this is like a weird thing because you don't know what their relationship is. Because mm-hmm. remember earlier in the season when she was contemplating taking Tony back, she was like, I think it'd be therapeutic for me. He was like, you're the therapist. That's right. what her, th- you know what I mean? He said to her. Uh, so it's it's weird. It's like he taking him back is therapeutic for you, but you're the therapist. So mm-hmm. it's like this weird, I, I have a need for him or the toodaloo where she's kind of, you know, a weird thing. So then right here, she kind of forgets, oh, he's my patient and we're not just having conversations. Weirdly enough, you almost, you know, a hit was going down and I needed you to get out of town. So their relationship forever changed. So let's lay all our cards on the table. And from that point, the cards was on the table. But I just think it's a very interesting place for her to take a stand, knowing that she told him, I mean, told he told her a few episodes back, do you know where I were? Do you know where I was when you called? Yeah, one of my guys was going in and they were, you know, shooting and slapping and beating people up. I wish I was in there. Like straight mm-hmm. up giving it to her like that. So it's weird that this is the moment that she does it, but I like it. And um, the legs are back. <laughs> The legs are back. The legs, legs are back. Yeah, last Healthy episode legs. it was it was the pants, but the legs are back. Uh, <laughs> just had you know we go always call it out. Um, <laughs> but I think the soldier thing is very interesting, and in how like you said before, how he reserves it for certain things. But then we're gonna see something a little later that kind of contradicts this thought, you know, especially down the road as well. But. Um, yeah, I, I really love this this uh, scene between them two. Um, yeah, absolutely. Changed their relationship. It changed a lot of things. Just as far as Melfi and the way she presents this and the way she goes about it, she she needed to realize that she was being who she's not trying to be. She's trying to the person she tells Tony not to be is who she is in this moment. Can you hear me, bro? Yeah, I got you. Okay, right on. Here we go with the fireworks. I hate it. <laughs> um, I forgot what I forgot where you left off. That's okay. We're, we we'll go into um so Paulie. So Paulie, he checks his alarm. He looks at the clock at three o'clock, and he's from what we find out, he's been doing this pretty regularly while Chris has been in the hospital. Um, so this has been a thing and, uh, his, his, it's a thing that stood out to me before I throw the ball in your court is how the Gumars go outside of like Italian women for Gumars. Did you ever, you notice that? Yeah. So does she qualify as a Gumar? Because Gumars are the side shake and probably single. Is that just his yeah, girl? Right. A little, uh, yeah, I don't right. know if she would be technically a Gumar, especially because he's very. We don't see a lot of soft and sensitive, emotional, affectionate Paulie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very much so throughout this episode, especially when it comes to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, going to your original point, that doesn't surprise me. We see Hesh. Mm-hmm. We see it's just that fantasy. Is that you know we're gonna we talk down to y'all, but we still want to be. You know, we still want to taste. We want to live on that wild side a little bit. A little wild side. I don't know if Paulie has that mindset per se, but I know everybody else does for sure. Yeah, and and maybe he does. I mean, maybe that's why to him in commendatory, it was such a thing to actually be intimate with a woman that was like, you know, Italian, but from the old country, actually. So it's like, okay, this makes the stakes a little bit more rare 
so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I did think I was like, man, Paulie's in really good shape for his age here. That's that's one thing that stood out to me as well. I was like, oh yeah, yeah he, he he could definitely probably get Richie to business. <laughs> yeah, like that's why they, Paulie out here. Listen, Paulie's strong as a bull. Yeah, yeah. I, I I forgot about this. I mean, later on we'll see in a <clears throat> in the series everybody get out of shape. They start they eat good. They live it real good later. <laughs> but but this is like a funny boy. I was like, oh yeah, Polly was really with it right here. Um, mm-hmm. but the the chick she just tells a story about you know a wedding and high time switch and it went to three o'clock. Uh, I don't know if she was trying to be funny or what that was, but that wasn't good enough for Polly. So, uh, yeah, what were you gonna say? You gonna say something about that? No, it, it was a funny moment, but for me, what I took away from it is she has her own version and significance for three o'clock. So Tony's, excuse me, not Tony, but Paulie's stressing out about this three o'clock thing, uh, to most to the point where we see the next thing he goes to visit Chris, but he can't get any sleep about it. It's on his brain. He tells her about it first. She brushes it off, and then she remembers something about three o'clock in her life. Hmm. That three o'clock in her life has nothing to do with Paulie and his life, <laughs> but it's just yeah. the way that you see things and how you interpret them. Like I said, it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. That's a major theme throughout this episode. Everyone has a story, and if it's meaningful, meaningful to them, then they're gonna know. Yeah. Um, if me and you, Mo, we, if we both looked at the clock and it was one twenty-six, that would mean something to me because my birthday is January twenty-six. That wouldn't mean shit to you. Mm-hmm. It's just one twenty-six to you. But me, if I was somebody, you know, I could be like, oh, I got to play 126 in a lotto or something. And yeah. I looked right at the clock and it was my birthday time. What's the odds of that? To <laughs> somebody else, it, bro, it's just another it's just another minute of the day. It's just so, like day. I said, yeah. it's, it, they, they do these small, beautiful scenes that keep that theme going throughout. And I thought that was really dope. Just, you know, she took something that was hers, but Paulie doesn't know that. All right, that's cool. That's to you. That's your life. How does that shape my life? Hey, I got my own problems. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you hit on those, bro. Uh, but Paulie, you know, he gets up and he visits Christopher. And it's funny how he's just kind of treading lightly to try to get some more info. Uh, and pa- so Paulie's talking to Chris about hell and says that he said, was it hot? And he was like, uh, well, no, he said, hell is hot. That's never been disputed. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was funny. Yeah, that, that, you know, it's. It's just interesting, like you said, perspective. Everybody got their own idea. And these are things that, ironically enough, this is important to everybody in some kind of capacity. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is important to everybody in their own way. This is what it just shows another side of the mob, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But Polly comes up with this funny math, which is hilarious. 6,000 years, that's like an eternity. That's, that's you know, it's, he just comes up with this whole thing. He's kind of utilizing Chris to get his own comfort so to speak yep yep um he said you were in purgatory i don't even know if chris was worried man what what did you think about this thing uh chris is out of it you know we see that throughout the episode and i think that's intentionally because are we to take what chris is saying even serious did he even see what he saw you know all of that is supposed to be up in question it's up for us to believe what we're going to believe just like ding 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 spirituality and faith Mm-hmm. It's up to us to believe what we're going to believe. Not mm-hmm. everybody believes the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody has any hard evidence as to why they believe what they believe. But you mm-hmm. walk on faith. You walk by faith, but not by sight. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we all live our lives, whether it's spirituality or something else. Like we have our codes and the things that we believe in. 
Yeah. It's all about what we want to. Carmela and Pauly are both very spiritual people, but they go about it very different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and Pauly can look at it and get enough information to realize, all right, then this is what, this is enough for me to feel satisfied, even mm-hmm. though he's really not. But yeah. it does make him feel better. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that that was that was so crazy. That's just yeah. Um, six thousand years. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, Pauly Wild. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, Melfi. She visits her therapist and she's having an emotional thing and uh, she's taking some kind of medicine again and, and she's been drinking again. And I I don't know. Are you a fan of the Melfi and Elliot scenes or no? I am. I okay. am. I like I like the idea of therapies, therapists getting therapy. Yeah. You know, because they got to unleash that in some way. And I think whether we like Elliot or not. I think that there's something useful taken away mm-hmm. um, or at least gives us as viewers an explanation as to why she's doing some of the things. She, if it wasn't clear as to why she was treating Tony that way, this very, this made it very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not as, I'm not as mad at Elliot. Only time I'm really mad at Elliot is kind of later down the road where Elliot okay. just flat out get mad, comfortable at a dinner. And just flat out, just like, man, what do you, you know what I mean? It was just like, it, it, it will get there. That's a ways away. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, Melfi, she, the, the, the weirdest thing about the scene is that Melfi says that she's scared because she mm-hmm. judged and she took a position. But she never answered his question of what do you hope to gain out of this? Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Rich, one, you do you think she really believed was she really genuinely scared i i i have a hard time with where melfi fears tony yet you know because it's kind of these moments he's gotten in her face she's done certain things even her life was threatened beginning of the season but she says she's scared is she scared or so let me talk let me let me flip this real quick into the next scene where skip tells p you got to remember, you changed. Hmm. And I think that we can apply that to Melfi right now. Melfi crossed over, crossed the line in the doctor-patient relationship. Mm. She took a stance. She mm. she took a personal jab at Tony. Mm. Not a professional one. Not something of a place of help. This is, I'm straight up judging you for this as a person, human being, a human being. Mm. She knows how Tony responds to certain things. And since she's not a part of that life, she doesn't know exactly what small thing could set him off. Hmm. She's seen him get angry before. She's seen him push things out the way, get in her face. Obviously, she had to go on the lamb. She knows what he's capable of. So just the idea of it is a threat to her. And I think that since she knows that she did something that she's never done before Mm -hmm. in regards to her stance, she's thinking about all the possible scenarios, all the what ifs. Hmm. Just like anything, anybody, you can take any scenario where you're about to do something risky. All right. You start after you do that risky thing, then you start thinking about all the consequences that could come. I think hmm. that's just normal human nature for her. Okay. And um, I personally, as a, I don't think that she should be scared. I think it's a little bit overboard. But if I'm Melfi and I put myself in her shoes, I can definitely understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's fair enough for her to to you know be scared. I guess it's just scared for your life 
I I don't know. It could be because it could be the other stuff too, where it's like, hey, you know, you fixed my car, you took my whole car and brought it back, and you know, it's just like your cap your capabilities are beyond what I could you know think of. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at that scene too, just as I, I, I've mentioned this before in an episode. I never understood why Melfi took Tony back to begin with at the beginning of the season or middle yeah. of the season, whenever it happened. Yeah. And we still never get that answer. She says, mm-hmm. you know, it was for uh, professional and ethical reasons, but he, Elliot called bullshit. Like, what do you hope to gain? What do you hope to achieve from this? And she never answered, like you said. And that mm-hmm. leaves us still wondering, like, why did you even do this? Why are you in this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a fascinating part of it to me. I just want this to be so true. She she secretly loves him. <laughs> She's in love with him. I want this to be true so bad. I just can't get the evidence together. But like, nah, I just want that to be that true because <laughs> it's just is. it's I know it's it's just she cares. She cares, but I mean, because it's like he asked, "What do you hope to gain?" I just I can't wrap my mind around what does she. I mean, I know Spike spoke on a previous episode, just like how highly she feels about herself, where I don't know, maybe it's a new challenge, a new high in her relationship, or maybe it's a thrill thing. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm I'm hoping doing this podcast, we can get a little a clearer picture of what is she trying to gain? You know, what I mean, so um, but we get Big P and Skip and they're having this conversation and uh big p tells skip that uh there have been glances that tony has made towards him and this speaks to to me this speaks to how good big p is too Mm -hmm. big p is so good right there with tony where tony is glancing but keep but keeping it regular and floating through but big p also is noticing the glances but keeping it regular and floating through that Mm -hmm. to me we we as the audience know Big P a rap, but they don't actually know a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. So I just find it very interesting how he said he noticed something as small as glances. I mean that that to me stood out light years to me. Nah, I like that. I like that. Good call um, on that. Um. What 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 else did you gather from this interaction between them two? Because it seemed like uh, Skip's advice stuck. Do you even think that was good advice? Make Tony love you. Yes. Like yeah, you absolutely. Go after a woman. Absol- yeah, absolutely. Just be if you if we need some information and we need it fast. If you really feel like you want the outs, then do something to get Tony's attention. Make him love you. I think hmm. that was good advice. Um, but I think the better advice, like I said earlier, was just reminding Pete, like, bruh. Like when you're guilty, you know that you're guilty. So you assume everybody knows you're guilty as well. You mm-hmm. move like that. You know, anything that's said, you on edge about it because you know you're the one that's actually guilty. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really I thought that was really cool and interesting the way they broke that down. Um, but yeah, make P Tony love you and P he benefited from that advice too. Yeah, yeah, he well, yeah. that's gonna be an interesting scene. I know what you're referring to. That's gonna be really yeah. interesting. But I think, yeah, he did benefit to a certain extent um chris mom comes to visit him and this is where i really noticed like she didn't look 
much older than Carmella. What I was speaking about earlier, but we don't have to harp back on that. But Carmella tells Christopher that she prayed for him. Um, and Tony told t- Tony told Carmella uh, a whole different <laughs> fairy tale <laughs> fairy tale idea of what Christopher seen. And Chris again doubles back. Now Carmella, I was in hell, like flat out, mm-hmm. like I like. So, but what did you think about this interaction? We see him keep hitting the button, and it's a few things going on. What What did you think about this? Um, it was very interesting that Carmella kind of took, kind of took the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She took the credit. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. For making sure that Chris was still alive and with us, like, I, I went down the hall and I, mm-hmm. I said a prayer. Mm-hmm. I asked him to spare you as long as you looked at things differently, and that's what happened. Look at you. Mm-hmm. She didn't necessarily say that word for word, but she said it. Yeah, it kind of gave him this look. Like I'm not saying she wanted to thank you, but she wanted Chris to know, like, hey, uh, you're yeah. only alive because I prayed to God. Where mostly is it should be like a you know praise God that you still here. It was kind of like <laughs> she put herself into that equation. I just Definitely. thought that was interesting and very on brand for Carmela. Yes, um, and how she once again another scene perspective. Mm-hmm. Her perspective was that you went to heaven. You know you saw your dad. They said away your time and Chris <laughs> like nah man that ain't happy shit. Nah. I'm hell. Nah, nah. <laughs> you got this twisted and you could see the look and she was shook. Oh, she yeah. didn't expect to hear that. She didn't know how to respond to that. And just the idea of her trying to do the right thing in her head every single day could still lead to hell. Mm-hmm. That maybe there's nothing she can do. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. she wanted to there take credit go. for him going, mm-hmm. you know, or being alive. Now mm-hmm. she realizes I can't take credit for you. My prayer didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't even go to heaven. Like maybe yeah. he didn't even hear me. Maybe this isn't even real. Like what are yes. we doing? It's just every day. Hold the press. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. And um, even when she tried to get Chris to change his perspective, and him hitting that morphine, that was just comedy and great acting. Yeah, um, man. Michael Imperioli, yeah. man, crazy. She told he him, really... tell, tell, yeah. And he wrote this episode too. I want to shout him out for that. Ah, flexing, mm-hmm. you're flexing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on, soprano phrase for everything. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah you're absolutely right that is that is super carmella thing it's taking credit like you know i pray to jesus that and then turning around and saying i prayed for you and, and you're really you're not you're not supposed to let your left hand know what your right is doing that's like a biblical that's a scripture you know so it's like kind of with her it's like she kind of went against that went against the grain there but it, it's not even the bad to say it it's just you took credit like I but I love to flip on it immediately. Like I, I was in hell. Like, no, that, that wasn't my yeah. reality. She said it so factually, like so nah, like, man. Like you got the you wrong. Heard. And then it speaks to how much Tony don't care. I could tell you anything. I, I don't believe in none of this. I could tell you anything. Take it. Like uh, treat you, you like know, a child. Like you're not big enough to you're not mature enough to handle the truth. Yeah, like I like I, I he was buried in a forest, pine cones over a hill. Like it's like you gotta believe whatever I'm saying. What you wanna come on? Like it's and I think Tony knows that it's gonna turn if he told her the truth that Chris was in hell, it's gonna start turning into a conversation for him. Same way the Ralph thing with the Gumar. Oh, you know, yeah. If I tell you this, then you're gonna start coming to me about changing my life because 
you know, Chris went to hell and that's probably where you headed to because you've done worse things than Chris and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And Tony ain't trying to hear that shit. You know what? Here, let me paint you a nice, happy fairy tale. You know, you don't show your kids horror movies at three years old. Yeah. yeah. You give them the nice, happy version of it. You know, you let them figure the bad part of life out on their own as they get older. So that's that's how he treats Carmelo. Hmm. He does. Um, we get to the next scene, the Soprano House, and this is where we get a great interaction between Tony and Carmela. Um, she kind of does the lightweight woman thing where it's like, I'm mad, but I'm awake. And then she just comes out with what she kind of upset about. But I want to ask you, Rich, what does she mean he needs to be honest with himself? Is this like a, a reference to what Melfi was alluding to uh, in 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 an earlier session or something like I, I, I what what does she mean by this? I took that as, you know, but they're still talking about the vasectomy. Tony never, yes, he might be honest about his Gumar, but he's still saying that, oh, I cut it off weeks ago, or, you know, that's over, that's done with. That's not Carmela's point. The point is that you're not going to be faithful to me. And you know you're not going to be faithful to me, but you can't sit here and tell me that you're not going to be faithful to me. So if you're going to lie to me, at least keep it real with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like tell yourself that yo, I know I'm not gonna stop this bullshit. Maybe I should really take some consideration and then mm-hmm. get snipped. Because mm-hmm. if I did possibly, like I said, we talk about those worst case scenarios. Once you do some dirt, that type of stuff goes to your mind. I yeah. can't bring this back home. Like you that that's not a problem that I want at all. Mm-hmm. So I think that was her telling them, like, yo, all right, cool. I know you're not gonna stop cheating. Even if it's not this one, mm-hmm. there's gonna be another one. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're gonna do, I need you to at least honor my requests as mm-hmm. your wife. And yeah. I can, that's a fair ask. I can't be mad at her. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's, you know. I'm giving you, like, I'm not giving you a hall pass, but I'm not tripping on you cheating. Just don't cheat. Cheat right. <laughs> cheat right. <laughs> hey, I'm surprised they ain't no shirt. They need a shirt for that, huh? Somebody out there yeah, with the cheat right yeah, you shirt. You know what I mean? The hardest part usually about cheating is your girl finding out. Now that she finds out, just do everything she asks. She's not tripping on you for real. That's crazy. She's not threatening to leave you. She's not threatening anything. Like, all right. That's, yeah. Yes. Don't have no babies on me. Yeah, pretty much. Right, I mean, that's the least Tony could do is say, "All right, cool." It's all right, yeah, let's do it. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it's just funny about her talking about be honest with yourself, but she's not honest with herself. Yeah, true you're Carmella looking. Thing. Yeah, it's car. It's just true Carmela fashion where it, you're telling him to be honest with himself, but you're not being honest. You're talking. You want him to be honest with you or himself about his faithfulness, but you're not going to be honest about your faithfulness. With, with your relationship and being a Catholic, mm-hmm. we'll get a later scene where you because we got this the, the college episode of like, oh my gosh, my babies, my children, and then you go back to you know regular life, you know. So it's mm-hmm. this weird thing that you know, Carm does this all the time. Like I said, she's not no different than most people in the real world, so it's not harping on her crazy, it's just. And we'll get more of this from Tony too. Like it's just her stances. It's this weird thing where she she tries to find a way to assert power that bothers me, but she don't really have it like that. You're trying to tell him if I, you know, little like you said, get your balls cut. You're trying to tell Christopher, I pray for you. You're the reason for. It. I mean, it's just this weird way she tries to get these authoritative decisions off, and she ain't really earned it to me. Like that's why I be having. I mean, the vasectomy thing is kind of. I'll give her that a little bit more. You know, uh, but it's it's just certain things. Later, I, I'm still kind of stuck on the bird feeder. I'll, I'll be honest. It's, it's, I, we I, I got there. Yet, but. That's a, if you if anybody <laughs> hasn't watched yet, that's a big moment. You'll know exactly what it is when we get there. 
man. It's down uh, the road, way down the road. It's way down the road. Yeah, but we get AJ comes out, and this is just great soprano uh, situations where, uh, you know, AJ, they just keep panning over there. AJ, you know, <laughs> getting ready to heat up some lasagna, maybe a ziti, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and they're going through this 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 conversation uh, of being talking about being hypocritical, and they start to get loud and 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 she's she's saying I'm I want I'm thinking about the family first. That's all, which I think is a great point. I don't think mm-hmm. it's. I mean, in her own way, maybe it's it's I'm talking about me really, but I am a part of the family, so it kind of works twofold. But it's definitely about her, you know her. Right. She's the the boss's wife. So how embarrassing would that be if I'm the married to the boss of this thing of ours and you have a baby on the side, the embarrassment level of that. We're talking about a low-tier capo, maybe, Ralph Rotodo. If you're the boss and this happens, imagine what that make me look like. So, mm-hmm. And that make Tony look bad, too. Yeah, I did I did like the jab. I did, yeah, I do. And I did like the jab Tony had where he said, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get, like, you talk about going against God's natural order. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you want me to get snipped, but that, that ain't how we was created, you know. So I thought it was a, a really, really good line there. And she she just said something and it, and it just really paused and resonates. And then we pan over to uh AJ and AJ drops the whole pan. Yeah. Glass. <laughs> Man, I would have been so heated, bruh. Man, this is probably Spike's favorite scene in the uh, in the episode. Uh, he probably AJ, been going AJ off. getting berated. I hate AJ. Like he would have been going crazy on him. Um, and then this is where we get the line. It's like this is I'm supposed to get a vasectomy, and this is my air. Yeah, this is my male air. Look at him and walked yes. away on him. Man, he meant that. that. Tony meant that shit. Yeah, that that, that was that, that was horrible. That's 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 rough, man. That's, a, that's, that's horrible. I'm sorry, bro. This is you your child. We we look at him. We're like, okay, we don't like it, but he's a character. This is your son. This dude ain't even out of school yet. It ain't like he would live life and he's a you know he keeps messing up everywhere he turn. He ain't even out of school, bro. Like you gave up on him already. Like it's crazy. Man, uh, your big ass in here dropping full things of ZD, and you just ate, man. What you doing, bro? Dang. Man. <laughs> <laughs> man, that that was that is rough not... for AJ though. But still, man, AJ's yeah. so unlikable. Yeah, he is. He is. Um. We I don't feel as bad as I should that yeah AJ like that. I don't I should feel more worse. I should feel very bad about Tony. It should be you know you, you know why I don't be feeling bad as bad for AJ. Not because most people hate AJ. And you know, actually David Chase, like he loves AJ. That's like one of his fate top top characters, I believe. Like that he really loves like AJ. Um, but my problem is like he they made him this way, but he does he doesn't articulate anything. And that's yeah. my issue. You never he never he just look he just has that look on his face, dumbfounded, and he and then when he does articulate, it has nothing to do with anything. So that's why for me, it's not so much that you're doing dumb stuff because you need a learning curve. It's because he never articulates anything. And then when he does, it has zero to do with what it's about. That's my issue with AJ. Um, it's just he he comes off dumb, like. He's not dumb, but he comes off that way because he don't articulate. That's um, fair. So I don't care about much. Boy, uh, we get a small scene. Uh, Paulie has a nightmare, and he wakes up from it. And we get something really interesting that I maybe you can explain this to me. Paulie says, "Hey, you know, 
I'm going to go ahead and I'll go put the kids back to bed. Mm-hmm. Paulie has always come off as a person that ha- does not really care about kids mm-hmm. to me. Like he don't seem like he really care about really don't care about anybody. But the, the thing of ours, I don't think he cares nothing about, you know, senior citizens or kids. To me, he just never came out. It was like, okay, I'm doing it for the boss, but I never thought he cared for kids. Is this a, is this weird to you, or what? What was this about? It was just a different side of Tony, uh, Paulie. Excuse me. I, I, we just got to see a, like I said earlier, a, a sweeter, gentler side of him. Um, mm-hmm. It felt genuine. He hmm. cares about that woman. He's over there. I don't know if that's his girlfriend per se, but the kids know him. He's comfortable mm-hmm. with me. This isn't his first time there. It ain't like just a slide through hit and I'm out. Yeah, he's he's spending the night over there. He's considerate enough to know that I'm having nightmares. I'm going to go home and finish sleeping because I don't want to keep you guys up. Mm-hmm. You know, she tells him, like, come talk to me before you leave. Like, she gives him advice. Like, all of that. Like, there's something we have to – this show wouldn't exist if we didn't dive into the other side of characters. So mm-hmm. even if it's small moments like this with a the, with the character like Paulie, who isn't Tony or, you know, a boss or anything like that, it still shows us that these mob guys have what, – what, where, what is their – what is their peace when they have these type of thoughts and these type of things on their mind? Like, mm. how do they unwind? How do they get their head right? You know, and it's usually by love and support from someone. Well, we don't know Paulie to know that, so here it is. Mm. Um, and then this is where we get. She says she knows this guy. He's a psychic, so go to him for your problem. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we get uh, Big P. Uh, this guy tells Big P where Bevelacqua is. Oops, I'm sorry. Drink water. <laughs> where Mac drink water is. And, <laughs> and he pays him the grand amount of $20. Um, Jody got more for that, for that shit he sold at the hairdresser and baby boy. You know, Jody was making money over there. Yeah, man. $40. $40. <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> y'all don't even know who we talk about that's all right uh, um but how this is so great because while tony was like yeah we're gonna find out you know we're gonna get points on the street and all of this and they probably think they're gonna have to put up a little ransom man they find out where this dude is and he pays twenty dollars this speaks volumes to how much of a non-factor matt and sean were Mm-hmm. Sean, you were killed because you were stuck in a seatbelt. Matt, you were you got paid twenty. Your your name on the streets was worth yeah. The bounty uh, on your head was twenty bucks, my guy. Uh, uh, more, uh, but two Applebee's meals. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 name drop to Tony. I'm assuming that's Quickie G, who Richie mentioned earlier, is the person mm. that knows where Tony is. Okay, I'm assuming that's Quickie G that came in. The name dropper saying, you know make sure you remember me that's worth more than any kind of actual money yeah um this also was an interesting thing that do you think p really felt the overlooked moment here because it was kind of like he's like where's you know where's tony or where's still oh no he was like where's paulie and where's still uh the guy when he was looking for him and then he was just like man if you got something to come on with it you know so again it's just reasserting it's reasserting the later scene we'll get with P this season, but it reasserts like these little things, even this random dude, Quickie G off the street. He ain't even a part of this thing. 
Uh, he's not even like he looks like very low tier. This dude came to get twenty dollars. That and that, I mean, even with the inflation and different in the year we're in versus then, it's twenty dollars still ain't crazy for real for a body. So it just speaks to keeping us reminded that these are the things that are going through Big P's head. I'd imagine. My, I'm wondering now that I'm thinking about this. I'm wondering if anybody else would Sill or Pauly had given him more. I think they would have. Huh. So what? What are you saying then? I don't know. I just think that says something about P and being cheap. And, mm. you know, he there's always been mention of him having to put his kids through school. Mm-hmm. If you look at that scene, when he hands him the 20, it kind of drops it at him. Like, Quickie G's kind of giving a look like that's it. Yeah. But, like I said, that it's worth more to for Tony Soprano to know my name and know that I gave this information mm. than it is his 20. So I'm not going to press it. Mm-hmm. But I think that if Seal or... Paulie was the one he told that information to that he might get an envelope for it. You know, twenty dollars. Mm. Think about how odd it is for a twenty dollar bill for anything mm. in the model. There's been smaller things. Yeah, niggas got envelopes just to go get bakery. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, or, or pay for it out of pocket. Whatever it is, it just it, I don't know. It, it, I don't know exactly what it says about Pia, but other than he cheat, but I don't think he. I think he mostly looked at it as the opportunity to. Get in. This is the thing that makes going to make Tony love him. Yeah, and he because he had that like you know yes like mm-hmm. um <clears throat> I do got to call out. This is probably the freshest, but that fila that green tracksuit that P got on. Hey, he got it on, bro. That is fly. Mad at P. I was not mad at, P. P. Mad at this fila man. This green by and white joint. We, by the time we finish this entire series, man, I might have bought like 10 tracksuits, man. They be making these things look Yo, fly. That's why I said, man, if I could find it for a good price, I might go season three straight tracksuit. You know what I mean? No, no <laughs> suit, just tracksuits. I don't know. Like, I, I try to get into it a little bit. I might have to go tracksuit shawty over here. Straight up. <laughs> for real. Uh, we get Paulie goes to the psychic and, you know, Paulie gets his joke off. This I, I made a mix a while back, but like kind of like Fresh Prince. Uh, they're doing something similar to this, but like Paulie just like looks like the spirit got him on hold. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the guy just starts to get into it and tap into it. And he starts naming off, you know, he's sunny and all these people. And Paulie's like, hey, don't don't bullshit. Don't. Hey, don't do that with me. And, and Paulie <laughs> throws the chair. He says a particular <laughs> word. Like, why is yeah. that the word? Like, that's all like, bro. That's the funniest thing because it's like, why this word? Like, I don't know. It, it's it's almost up there with the, when the family got robbed and commandatory. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like niggers, fucking niggers, like, bro. It's, <laughs> this was just like so. Like, why you throw the chair? Oh, like, there's anything else you could have said. Like, it just was so off, like bread to be like as far as just off putting more so than anything, but. Uh, he says the dude said that Mikey was laughing at him. Um, yeah, I do think that's a very interesting thing that Mikey still kind of haunts from the grave because Mikey to me has that type of presence. So these are like kind of the last showings, but not showing of Mikey Paul Misi here. But what did you think about this? Uh, this psychic scene with, with Paulie in the group, just more of the episode messing with us, man. This is not something that we typically should believe. <laughs> right, this should be bullshit. Remember when his girl, when, when Paulie's girls mentioned the psychic, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. That's how most people's 
um, response to a psychic or palm reading or anything like that is. But there is a community that strongly believes in it. Yeah. That's their sense of spirituality. Hmm. And the fact that he's in here and he knows things that he shouldn't know. So we were looking at it like, dang, is this legit? And even Paul yeah. is thinking of it like, whoa, Poison Ivy. They made the call back to the Poison Ivy. That yeah. happened during the Mikey hit. Yeah. So that's how he knew it was Mikey. That, first of all, that's great writing by the Sopranos. Oh, yeah. They, they could have just easily, a lesser show would have just come out and said, yep. you said your name's Mikey? Yeah. But they dropped it off to the, is the Poison Ivy healed up? All right, we know exactly as a Sopranos fan what that means and who that is saying that. Mm-hmm. So that was a beautiful job by them. And knowing his first hit, um, saying his name because he said Sonny, which could have been something else, but he mentioned his real government name mm-hmm. before before Paulie said anything. So it's just messing with us in that sense. Um, you know, Paulie's being followed around by these demons, apparently. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't know. That's up for us to decide. Yeah. And I love the part when he says, what else are they saying? Are you, the psychic looks around like, do you really want me to say? Yeah. You done done some dirt. That was know. crazy to be. It's like, oh, maybe I should just... Uh... That was crazy to me. Like when he said that. You saw, my fault. My fault. I was also going to say, you know, he goes off on him, even though he's saying stuff. And it's hard for Polly to comprehend how he even knows these things. He says, who you've been talking to. But it is religion, all of that, man. It's something that puts us at peace. He didn't like what he heard. So he started degrading it this is black magic this is some sick shit yeah if it was something he did want to hear he would have accepted it a different way mm-hmm. he's moving the goalposts almost like carmella carmella exactly use this for my benefit versus what it really is so and that's what it is like you know everybody believes what they want to believe and that goes right into the next scene which i think is probably my favorite scene in the episode hmm okay very small very small but very it's, small it's, it says so much okay well paulie and tony they're at the Bing, and Paulie is still wrestling with all of all of that that he just got from the psychic and everything. And Tony cares zero about this. Mm-hmm. What what did you get from this scene then? Because you said there was a lot here for you. You said your favorite scene of this episode. So that's a really interesting. I gotta I gotta see this. Um, so here's one thing that I really enjoy that it can be overlooked or you don't pay too much attention to it. Paulie doesn't necessarily come to Tony to vent or for some advice. Mm-hmm. Tony realizes that he was in a situation where this thing of theirs was discussed, mentioned, possibly could come out, right? This psychic guy, yes, it might be some bullshit. It might be some Miss Cleo, but he know he said this guy's name that I did 30 years ago. So it just shows the professionalism mm. of Paulie when it comes to this thing of theirs to check in with the boss and let him know, I want to go see this psychic. He said this type of shit. That's why you had Tony asking him, like, where did you call from your house? Tony, Paulie's telling him, I use the name of such and such. Mm. It just goes to show they covered their tracks, even if it's something as stupid as a psychic. They, they take this thing of theirs very seriously. These codes, mm-hmm. these are old school True mob guys, if they get pinched, they doing the time. Mm-hmm. I just love that portion of it. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and 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 probably got a little leeway because he remember you told me you know you you're going to therapy, so you got a little cushion there. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. more than anything, I've I've said it a million times already. This episode, it's all about perspective, and Tony does something for Paulie that is all of us can benefit from. 
Mm-hmm. Just changing your perspective on something that's bothering you can really have a positive impact. Yeah. Um, he uses a very simple, I love when people use small or shows do small examples that mm-hmm. say something very big. Mm-hmm. You eat steak, fuck you talking about. If you wait, if you're from India or if you're in India or in India, excuse me, you go to hell for that. Yeah. Oh, he looks yeah. at him and says, what the fuck? Do I care. I'm not in India. That's my whole point. None of this matters. <laughs> And it was so simple, yet so profound. None of this matters, man. Like You can look at this from a million different ways. And that's what this mm-hmm. episode, this scene sums up what the episode was trying to tell us as mm-hmm. a whole. And that's why I like it, because it barely did it. And you get the telephone ring, and before we can even understand more, Tony's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, 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 that telephone call was just something that was there. It just stopped the conversation, stopped the flow. That's how life is, bro. Like, get over it. It's not that deep. Like I, I, you sitting here caring so much about it. I was in the room. He mentioned my name. I don't give a fuck about this. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, snap out of it. And mm-hmm. like I say, we choose what we believe based off of what our faith is, mm-hmm. and it can be flipped that easily. Yeah, that yeah, that is a that is a a great point. And it see that's a nugget too because it speaks to. Tony saying that's my whole point like so to say you believe what you want to believe or it could be what you want to be so and then it, it goes back to Tony's belief the soldiers thing mm-hmm. so it's like the the hard part about this and the whole thing is is if it's not rooted in a strong foundation it there's always room for it to be able to be switched so I feel like later in the series Tony kind of when he tries to justify where he starts to take certain decisions because he's moving the goalposts on that's the whole thing yeah. of what he's saying here, which I think speaks volumes. So yeah, that's a, a great, a great justifying point. Justifying it, man. It's like anybody, you know, uh, I want to be more disciplined about something or I want to start working out. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to wake up at five o'clock and I'm going to go work out. Mm-hmm. You either gonna wake up at five o'clock and do it, or you gonna move your goalposts and the alarm go off. Like, ah, well, I had I ain't get as much sleep as I wanted exactly. to. I'll start tomorrow. Exactly. I'll start tomorrow. You know what I mean? I'm gonna start eating right tomorrow. You mm-hmm. just kind of, nah, man. You can't keep switching stuff for your own convenience. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, yeah, it's it's perspective is everything. It is everything, and how you view things and what makes you comfortable. Like you said, anybody that Tony tells that, you know, we're like soldiers things to the average civilian is going to be like, this dude is a fucking psycho. Yeah. He gets yeah. around other mobsters. They completely understand his language. It's how they go to sleep at night. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Tony talks to AJ. AJ got the, you know, he got the classic headphones that we grew up on in the yeah. 90s. He's, you know, looking at a paintball magazine and Tony's trying to bring in pizza, but, you know, he ain't feeling it or whatever, AJ. But Tony just tells him, like, he, I couldn't have asked for a better son. And Tony apologizes and says that he sees himself in AJ. Does Tony mean this at all? Because this episode, I try to figure out. I feel like we need a segment for for, like, the genuine moments of an episode where you feel like, OK, because it's so far in between. But. Um, but do you feel like this was a uh, Tony sees himself in AJ at all? You think or yeah, just, absolutely. Okay. I think okay. I hundred percent think he. I think this is probably the most genuine that um, Tony's been with AJ throughout the series, or one of the top moments throughout okay. the series where he is the most genuine with him. Um, I think he really does feel bad. You know, AJ ain't rocking with him when he comes in that room. Mm-hmm. And Tony puts up an effort 
he could have easily just been like, all right, well, he don't want to talk him out. You know, will you mind if I sit here, you know, while I eat it? Mm-hmm. You, know, you ain't got to eat none, but I'm, I'm not leaving. He is very genuine and sincere. Um, there's other, there's, there's things that this might be an Easter egg for something that happens later in the series mm-hmm. when it pertains to AJ and a similarity that he has with Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he does see him in, uh, in AJ, and that's probably why he's he's the other side of it. Yeah, you know, if it wasn't this version of Tony Soprano, I would be like AJ. Yeah, yeah. So I think I I, I really do believe that, um, and we also have Carmelo get to see a sensitive side of tony she doesn't he, you know tony doesn't know that she's there mm-hmm. he's hearing her hearing him be a real like this is the carl winslow dad this is a yeah. speech he would give eddie you know we don't expect that from tony tony's a mob guy but he's he's turning on the tv dad thing right now and, and it's it's a cool thing to see mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna make an edit now because that's a great concept right there I gotta make some kind of like sit. Gotta put the sitcom and the then like I gotta put an edit there. That I gotta. Yeah, make yeah, kinda, you got to. Man. That's perfect right there. Yeah, that's what it was. It was one of those speeches you would expect to hear. You know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's it, you you got to do this. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, AJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a moment out here where Tony gets a call and. He has a weird look with Carmella, kind of, and you know she looks and he's like nothing. She's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Nothing." He got to go, and she knew what was up. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. I, I mean, she spoke earlier in the bed talk where she was like, "Nah, I, I don't want anything to happen to anybody," but she knows, and this is where I think well, she has this look, and they let it marinate. That's where her conflict will always come in, because you're. You're trying to push this holier than thou thing on Tony, but yet you understand he has to do certain things for things to to be sustained. You know what I mean? I always refer to you act like butter wouldn't melt in your mouth because of you acting like you you're better than me or you're better than this. But you know that these things, even when he got on Meadow a few episodes ago about the you know happy wanderer with the cars, like y'all act like y'all don't know what it is. So it's like calm you're going hard on these things and you're trying to convert him but what if you convert tony let's say if you really were to convert him what is he going to actually do for a living because guess what's happening the first thing that's going to go is that house mm-hmm. then it's going to be those clothes and it's going to be that that those cars if you you want to convert him you want him to be regular then the whole lifestyle goes away you can't have it both ways and that's always her conflict and that's tony's that's all of these characters conflict big p you know you want to be a a rat but you want to be with the boys too you want to you know mm-hmm. it's, that's the whole comp that's why this show is the, to me for you number two but me number one greatest show mm-hmm. of all time because the conflict is constantly there when you want to pick a side with the character and want to be mad at them they also have the other side where you can champion them so it's yeah. very interesting um that the look that she has when he leaves there did you gather anything from that part before we, we go over to the, uh, you know, where it's about to go down? No, I think you said it perfectly. She, it's a good reminder for Carmelo. Like this life that I live is not only just Tony's doing dirt, but that dirt weighs on him too. He's got to carry this with him, mm. you know, and no matter how tough Tony is, you know, when you, when you get a body that ain't, 
that's not that's not light. I don't care how much you even enjoyed it. You still took a life. You know, mm-hmm. when you do dirt like that. You commit felony crimes. Eventually, that just weighs on you, mm-hmm. and it weighs on you, and it weighs on you. Um, so I think that, that look kind of said it. Like you know, you know what? I'm maybe let, let me ease up a little bit because I know he's doing what he has to do for, to protect us, not our family, just our family, but also his other family as well. And that's a heavy, you know, heaviest ahead. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, she she actually seen in real time him going from being a father talking to AJ to okay now he has to go and take care of business in a way that she knows is going to be ugly. So like you're saying, it weighs on him. She she's like, maybe I'm asking too much by telling him to get a vasectomy. I told him I wanted him to go back to therapy. You know, I mm-hmm. I told you know, I, and I think that's a part of it. it's like maybe I'm asking for too much, and he's not, and Tony's not really asking for much from her. You know, he just really kind of asking to be the mother of my children, and it's simple, but she should want more out of life, which we'll see later. That kind of plays a heavy part in her character. She shouldn't, she should want to be more than just a mother of, of his kids. Like, so I, I understand, I, I do sympathize with Carmen that way too. So it, that's a, it's a great scene. That's a great call too, bro. Um, and speaking of great scenes, transitioning here to Tony and big Pete, they strap up for the hit. I, I thought this hole in the wall joint was a fire setup. this door. Then they got the little, filler in between it and that's where the straps was uh big that's pete. oh oh man i didn't yeah, yeah that was satrial they had the pigs because mm-hmm. he was there earlier when he got the info yeah so it's okay so satrial is a big loca- location spot on this episode but big pete but big p says uh him and furio were going to go do the hit but tony wants in on the action i find this yeah. interesting i throw the ball in your court but i find it really interesting how big p you remember how he felt about Furio. If any guy needs a nickname, it's this guy. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. like the fact that they asked him to leave the table when him and with Furio was around with Paulie and, and Johnny Sack. So mm-hmm. he understood he was dropped low key, dropped down in the lower tier of Capos. So I, I do like the fact that Paul Big P was humbling himself enough to go and do the dirty work because he's really better than this. He's higher than this. This guy was worth $20 off his head. Big P is, but Big P was still playing his role, which this kind of, but here's the other interesting part about it. And this is going to play into that scene. I'm throwing your quote, but it also, I think I'm just now getting this in real time. It also plays a part in how it probably would have went if it was P and Furio. Mm, okay. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. But what did you get just from this strapping up part before we get to the big the big scene of the episode? Uh, one of the first things I thought of was that it reminded me of the pilot, not just the pilot of the show, but the pilot of your episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike or yourself had mentioned something about P or excuse me, Tony enjoying that part of the job. Yes. Um, and obviously it was personal to him. It was Chris. So he wanted to be a part of it. And I also think Furio is the designated hitter in the crew. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the uh, he's the Chris and Snoop of the Soprano squad. Ah, great. So pool. if anybody is going to get something, he might not do everything by himself, but he is the person I'm sure that's been designated. Like if you're going to go take somebody out, make sure you hit a Furio. That's going to be your backup, your assistance, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little look that Pete looked nervous, almost mm-hmm. like like a. He's thinking about Skip's words, like, don't forget you the one to change. Like, Tony, you want to go on this hit with me? You're going to shoot me after we kill him? Like, what's going on? He kind of had this nervous <laughs> look about it. 
Mm-hmm. He uh, and he should be nervous because you're right. The change situation is there, and then also we'll go back to the line. There's been there's been glances. So these glances now it just even sounds haunting saying, but these glances now he's going to. I mean, obviously we're going to see a glance here in this scene coming up. But it's like now, oh, now it's 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 like being at the job and the boss is over your shoulder, and you literally yeah. are trying to do your work. I mean, it's like now you kind of messing up or you're doing something wrong because you you're so low key, kind of nervous, trying to do it right. So, yeah. um, that's a part of it too. I think the hit thing is a great. That's that would be a great theory, um, right there. But I, but I. I Tony didn't have it 110 like he'd been looking for with Pete. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't, but Pete didn't know that. Like Pete thinks that right. Tony's on to him. Okay. Once right. again, it just goes to what Skip said. Like he's <laughs> thinking he knows that he's guilty. So it's not if he if he wasn't guilty, then it would be by surprise. He wouldn't even think like that. But the fact that he knows now he thinks everybody else does. So mm-hmm. everything he does or everything that's said, what you mean by that? Mm-hmm. I don't mean nothing, bro. I was just talking. But he takes it a certain way because he's guilty. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great call. Perception. Perception. Uh we finally get they get, you know, Matthew drink water and they drag him. I don't they found out where he was. It looks like they kind of beat him down to get him uh kind of out of it. And they drag him to a snack bar. Um they take him to the back, they unstrap him, and you know, they're having a conversation. They let him drink a diet, uh, what was it diet coke or diet Pepsi? Yeah, diet Coke. Diet, diet Coke. coke. Now, this should have been a part of Pusha T song. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Somehow, yeah, this should have been there. Um, but I did want to ask too. Uh well, before I ask, this scene, this is what I was referring to with the Melfi thing. He was talking about killers and, and like torture and things that Tony. To me, this is Tony was enjoying this so much because he really wanted to slow walk this. Like it was always puzzling to me why Tony was letting this dude is you know is it good? Is it good enough for you? Yeah, you like that? This 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 diet coke. Yep, it's good. It's good. You know, we already seen him kind of pee on the floor. Um, the the actor that plays him, he he bodied this. Um. And then, you know, the last thing he says is, Mama. And they, they cap him off crazy. I mean, the shot was. <laughs> hey, he went out bad, bro. Oh, he went out work. I don't know who's worse, him or Sean. Like, I mean. I don't know, man. I he, this don't is straight know. humiliations. You got to stand up for yours, bro. I don't you know. You know what? You went out, pissed yourself. Yeah. Crying, Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like. <laughs> Oh, you like that? This lad, this sugarless mother is gonna be the last drink. Tony, no, like, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) they did them dirty in the writer room, bro. They They let it marinate. Like Tony's, like you drink that. Yep, don't calm down. It's all right. It's all right. Oh, Uh, they did. But the interesting thing is, uh, (laughs) Matthew. I always felt like Matthew between Matt and Sean. Matt was, I mean, Sean was kind of the dumber one. Um, yeah, he was the Brendan for sure. Yeah, he was definitely the Brendan of them two. Uh, he messed up the conversation in the bathroom with Tony uh, on his way out. Um, it was his idea to shoot at Chris, really, and he got killed in a seatbelt by Chris. Uh, but finally, Matt, he wanted Tony's attention. That's a, the whole season. They're trying to get Tony's attention. 
Mm-hmm. So he he kind of I wouldn't say he he went out kind of better because he got killed by the boss. So and it's not really a good thing, but you got you got kind of what you was looking for. But what did you what did you take from this scene and even this interaction uh between Tony and P doing their hit right here? Yeah, so you covered it, but Tony just turning on that charm, you know, making him feel safe. There was a Godfather reference, you know, if we were gonna kill you, we would already you know, if we we're gonna do something to you, we would have killed you already. Um, that's something that happened in Godfather Part One mm-hmm. in the limousine with Tom. Uh, with Tom, so it, it's I, I like those references. Um, Matt says it wasn't him. We know that's not true. He name drops Richie, which was was an important thing because I don't know if we knew this or not, mm-hmm. or if Tony was aware. But it seems like this is the first time that Tony's hearing Richie's name. Like, what my cousin gets hit, and now I'm hearing about Richie. You know, and Matt tells him, you know, Sean did it on spec. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with respect, but spec mm-hmm. is a real thing. It's a term. Um, it's when people do things out of good faith. I'm going to do this thing, and I hope that I do it with, you know, I'm going to get paid or somebody's going to take notice and do right by me because of it. Think of home flipping. You know, I'm going to invest in this mm-hmm. house. Hopefully, I make some money on it. So mm-hmm. on spec is a thing. At first, I thought it was respect. Yeah, uh, but it's yeah. an actual term called on spec. So when he said it, it was pretty much like Sean wanted to do this in hopes. Mm-hmm. You know, Richie didn't approve it. He wasn't aware of it. Matter of fact, he was pissed off about it. Yeah, but Sean was hoping maybe if I do this, I can get Richie's attention. We can get down with him. That's the whole reason why we even got into this. Hmm. Um, and Tony takes all that info. He, you know, just t- shows how meticulous he is, how patient he is. You sure? So yeah. Take some time. Think about it. Was there anybody else involved? Like I said, he made him feel comfortable to where he felt that he was telling him the truth. Um, I didn't have a reason to think Matt was lying about anything. And obviously we know he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he takes he, he unloads, man. He got the cigar. We talked about the significance of cigar, mm-hmm. how it shows that Tony's just the big dog. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all just little pups. The famous line, because that sugarless motherfucker is the last fucking drink you're ever going to have. Come on. Come on, man. Tony unloads the clip. Him and Pete. Mm-hmm. Like I said, him calling for his mom. They doing dirt together like old times. Yeah, it was just a classic Tony moment. You know, the, you know this song, this scene, uh, this scene is so haunting, bro. Because I always think about if you were in that position and you were sitting there, and this is your last, you know, what I mean, and you know what it makes me think of. I've seen a YouTube video. I think it might have been Scene Ranter. If y'all listen to this podcast, shouts out to them. Uh, but. Um, he did a a, a a video about the, one of the most haunting scenes on the wire. And I don't remember your boy, but I know you're going to know his name. It's the, it's the dark skin dude with the braids where Chris was like, like walking him basically to his death where he was just like, nah, come on. And he was talking to him and he was just like, man, please not in the face. And, and, and you know yeah, what I'm talking fat about? Face, that scene? Fat face, fat, that's Andre. Yeah. Fat face, so, Andre. He was, walking he was just me, like, I how people have a home going for me. Yeah, so just like the the realization of knowing he's taking you to one of these abandoned homes, this is it. Just like right here, like man, like he, but he, it's even scarier here because you you thinking is going one way, and then it comes back to that. That's why the acting is so good. Was like, mom, no, Tony, like, because it's really like, bro, this it, this is for real, for real it. I just don't understand why he didn't leave Jersey. I mean, maybe Furio took all his money. That was in my notes, man. Um, why you you there for a couple of days, bro? You supposed to keep moving, switch locations. Like you can't sit there for too long. Somebody gonna come find you. Um, and it's old. My fault. Old face Andre, not fat face. Old face Andre. Old That's who face it is on the wire. 
Uh, but yeah, that's that moment where you just know mm-hmm. uh, it's calm. You know, you, we normally think about us leaving this earth and going out in some dramatic fashion. Yeah, I think what's more scary than anything is knowing that it's coming, and you these are your last moments. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I just. Yeah, it's so much here because like Tony, like he getting the info, but he's so chill about it and relaxed. That's why I said this is not really just the soldier code. This is something else, kind of. Um, but anyways, um, and it goes. I, I know we've been saying this about why we dislike Sean and Matt. They're so not built for this life, man. Yeah, they should have known that he was going to kill them. You can't do that, even if you were party guilty by association, bro. Mm-hmm. You out of here. You- I I, I want to ask who who's dumber. Uh, Matt or Jackie Jr. Matt. Okay. You sure, Oblique? You sure? <laughs> Just. Uh. uh <laughs> okay. Yeah, me. Matt. Yeah, cause yeah, Matt's dumber. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Tony gives him a look. This is like the last part of it. What was the look about? That's what I did want to ask. What was that look? Because, I mean, he's already dead. uh, Oh, that's what I want to say. So was Tony expecting P to shoot first? Because I'm with you, but I'm the boss. I'm expecting you to hit first, clearly. Because that's what I was kind of interpreting. What do you think that look was? I think it's just one of those things. If you come in on the ride, you know, this ain't no, hey, doe, doe, let me out. This ain't no tray in the backseat of Boys in the Hood. If you're coming on the ride, you expected to participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't come here to be an observer. You know, and that's just how those things work. So I'm pulling out my strap. P, you ain't shot nothing yet. Go ahead, do some dirt. Yeah, so this ain't this ain't Boys in the Hood. Don't let me out. Tray in the backseat. This ain't that moment. If you on, if you riding, if we sliding, then you expected to participate. You got to roll. Mm-hmm. You didn't just come here and observe to see me shoot him. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a code or some kind of honor. Like, what we both going to do this together. He took out Chris. He took out one of ours. This is our guy. Like, mm-hmm. this this peon came at one of our guys, the audacity of him. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not just going to shoot him, too. Yes, he's dead, but it's the principle. Mm-hmm. Like, we're avenging Chris's honor. So, I think mm-hmm. I, that's how I took that. Okay. So, you don't think Tony was looking at him weird at all? Like, why did I have to do this? No, because Tony wasn't looking for Tony. As soon as he said his line, he immediately pulled out his gun and started unloading. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he was waiting on him or expected Pussy to do the first hit. Um, but I did. Ex- he probably expected him to participate. We're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit of a look that you can interpret as maybe I want to see. It's going to help me ease my mind to see Pete do some dirt. Mm. Know. Okay. If you're gonna tell on me, make sure you tell about the shit you did. You body somebody too, right? Okay. This comes back on me as I come back on you. You know, just in case. Okay. Yeah. Know. Just in. Okay. That's a, okay. That's a great. I think that might be yeah. Because he kind of looked at him, then did it again. And so I guess mm-hmm. I mean yeah. Because now my bullets are in him too. Mm-hmm. So you know, if anything traced back to whatever, however, my bullets are in him too. So I guess yeah, you're right. It it it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the next thing, Paulie talks to the priest. Um. Paulie has taken this dream of Chris's more serious than Chris at this point. And don't, I mean, Paulie feels because he's going through all these things, he shouldn't have to pay donations to this, this, 
you know, this priest at the, at the Catholic church and he no longer will be funding them because he, these things are happening. Having the misconception of like buying your way to buying your, buying yourself some peace and things like that. We talk about it again, perspective, but uh, what, what did you get from this scene? This it's another small scene too, but. Yeah. Everything you just said, just how people view, you know, spirituality. You know, it's mm. not the work that he does. Paulie said, I bought, he's literally said, I've donated too much for this to be happening. Why are these demons following me around? Why are these ghouls on my on my heel? Mm-hmm. Like, why why am I paying you all this money if I'm not, I'm supposed to be covered by this? I'm, mm-hmm. He said it like his insurance. Like, I got a policy for this, man. Why is this even happening? And just the viewpoint that Polly has about how this whole thing works. You know, Carmela, as much as we say about her, she would never say this. She would never look at it as Mm-mm. I'm donating so much money that I shouldn't be covered. She kind of understands how this whole uh, spirituality thing works. And you got this priest who just looks like a mob guy. He's just yeah. sitting, sitting there chilling, smoking a cigarette. You was wrong. Yeah. You should have come to me first. Like he, all of that is mob. Yeah, you know, that's a mob side. You should have come to me first. Mm-hmm. I was taking care of it for you. It's just a weird perspective. Yeah, and we don't expect them to, to to be on that. And Paulie cut him off. He said, "I'm done." Um, you know what's really interesting here? What's that? We never seen Father Phil. Right. Yeah, I'm assuming this, they went to different church. Because I'm like, this episode feels like where is Father Phil? Because if I'm not mistaken, this feels like the same priest and the same church during the Columbus Day episode. Okay, maybe because I, I I always think about the other episode with the you know the you know where Bobby gets mad at at uh, Bobby gets mad at Paulie because he didn't go through the necessary steps for a certain ride, and I always think about that. But you might be right, to Christopher. I, I don't quite remember that, but yeah, you, it may be the same one. I, I haven't watched that that episode in a while. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. Absolutely. Um, we got a, a nice moment. Big P and Tony, they eat at a spot called Duke's St- Stockyard. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was at first I thought I'm like, why are they doing that? Kind of because I was like, dang, is it like you don't want to be seen with them at Vesuvio's a normal spot? But then I was like, nah, they ate together since then. And then we realized this, this place has sentimental value. It's the place where they went after Tony had his first hit. Mm-hmm. And this place kind of looks like the same place that Big PB was it was there with Skip. I'm not sure, but it definitely kind of looks like the same place. Uh, um, but yeah, what did what did you get? What did you get about what did you get from this conversation? The jokes and everything. Uh, uh, so before we even get into the conversation itself, I'm a foodie, and you know me, I'm just a natural person, a researcher anyway. So okay. Anytime I see a restaurant or something, even if I just want to go there one day in life, I always look it up. You asked me earlier during the Chris when when, when Tony was talking, Chris was talking to Tony about his dream purgatory afterlife experience. Mm-hmm. What I took from it, Duke Stockyard Inn is an Irish bar. Mm. You look it up; it's a real place in New Jersey. It's an Irish bar. Oh, wow. Where did Chris say that their hill was? At wow. an Irish bar. Wow. It's almost like Tony, even though we we get the story that it was a sentimental thing and it might have been by chance, part of you almost wants to think that Tony has some kind of defiance. Hmm. Like, oh, this is supposed to be my hell. Well, I'm going to eat here anyway. Like, I'm, I'm untouchable. I just took out somebody that took out my, you know, I don't know. There's just some kind of weird symbolism there yeah. that I found very, very interesting that they would be going to an Irish bar 
Hmm. The same episode where we found out that's supposed to be hell for him. Hmm. You know? It's almost like Tony embraced, like that's why it doesn't bother him because he's already embraced his fate in a way. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that we see Tony even struggle with. He, it's almost like he has an issue with the certainties of life. Yeah, um, he'd rather live in a unknown world versus knowing that everybody's gonna die and this is all gonna end at some point. Uh, you know that bothers him. We see that throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that sentimental value, Tony telling the you know the classic story that today is not much, but back in 2000, I'm sure that's the first time people really heard that anecdote. Yeah, um, about the Christmas gifts and stuff that like that. Um, you mentioned earlier about P, how smart P was. Uh, this was another moment to show P's been in this for a long time. Yeah, just as long, if not longer, than Tony. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is a, this is you know he said this is this for like the old times. And then he yeah. asked P if he believes in God, and P said, "Yeah, he he works in mysterious ways, but he's been mm-hmm. good to me." Yeah, Tony looking for his own perspective. No matter what I say and how I really feel, I want to dig into this a little bit deeper. They did. They did a really good job. The more the, the I will get into it a little more towards the end, but they did a good job with this. Um, and yeah, P says that, and <clears throat> we know last episode P worked with Johnny um, Soprano, so yeah, he was there uh, too. We, I think, like I talked about <clears throat> before, the Mini Saints kind of messed to me, kind of messed up certain timeline or certain age gaps that kind of threw it off a little bit, but even set aside that like right here we get these moments we know uh paulia mentioned tony's first hit as well but uh yeah like you said that this irish bar it's almost like tony had the chance not to go into this thing of theirs this this so to speak hell you know before the kill but he chose to do it anyway kill and now he's kind of chosen this path and so wow that ch- recontextualizes everything um, and then it kind of speaks to P already being in his own version of one uh, by, you know. Or even maybe a purgatory reference where he's in between worlds type of situation. But um, I think that is this our last sentimental moment that we have between them two before we get the last one of the last one? Kind of like this feels like the last one where it we are on the ups. We're good. Like, is this is this the last one or? Um, I can't recall off the top of my head. Matter of fact, I don't even know what you're talking about. For those who uh, who haven't watched, right? Got you. We don't even know about what we talk about, right? That was the pod breaking up. No, I'm just um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Stay freestyle right there. Um, we get uh, we get our last scene. Tony and Carmela in the bedroom. Um, this is so real. Uh, I, I got to tell you from experience, but Tony comes in, he breathes and says, hi. She's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. And they go through this whole, uh, scenario of, you know, Tony's just like, basically I've been thinking about it and everything. And I think somehow the big P conversation kind of played a heavy part in it. And then I think also just the conversation the the conversation with AJ earlier um, as well but what did you think about this last scene uh, from them Um, you know kind of how it flipped at the last second from Carm Um, just Carmella knowing what went down 
like I said, she her seeing the weight that it carries. You know, Tony didn't necessarily say much, but he said it all with his face. Um, she knew the job was done, but she also knew, like, all right, he's the one that had to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing him in that light, like I said, she's used to it. It shouldn't be anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very affectionate. I don't think we really see her that affectionate okay, until yes. later down. Yeah. After they've been through some, you know, ups and downs as we uh, we as we know their relationship to be, mm-hmm. um, and Tony agrees to get snipped, and Carmela changes her mind and says she mm-hmm. might want another baby. Him just being confused. It was just more so just I feel like typical marriage stuff, and they just have a moment. They have a real moment, and like I said, we don't see that between mm-hmm. the two of them. Their mm-hmm. their marriage is very, you know, old ball and all the old ball and chain. But yeah. this is a real thing. Yeah. Um. I gotta also say too. I think this was uh, this is this is probably the most attractive uh, Carmelo has been in the series. I mean, in the the season thus far, I would say. Uh, I mean, we're gonna get some later moments, but this right here, um, it was just something about a woman being very affectionate to her man, especially here where she had the nails and she was just like all into it and like it was just mm-hmm. a great. I mean, I can't tell you. I was like, dang. I was like, all right. I was like, yeah, you know, and I think it ha- it seems like it's been a while since Tony has been with his Gumar. So this this is kind of cool. Uh, this is like I think this is like the first real affectionate moment that we have. And then they get the music from the beginning of the episode and they bring it back here again. Um, but, yeah, this was this was very, um, very sexy. And I, I really like this uh, scene. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? Uh no, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, it makes me wonder what their relationship and how Tony would have been if he got more of this affection mm. from Carmelo um, versus, and like I said, I, I can understand no matter how I feel about her, I can understand some of her concerns and the things that she brings up to Tony. Yeah. But if she is a little bit more affection, how, do, how does that relationship look? So it looks completely different, right? Right. Um, also, I just like the parallel between the earlier scene when she mentioned him coming in the week before, s- smelling of, I guess it was some kind of men's spray to cover up. Mm-hmm. He was with somebody. Um, this is a moment where she sees him get undressed. Like, she knows that he didn't come in from doing no bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was some bullshit, but it wasn't the type that she was expecting. Yeah, not the so kind I think she that played a little bit of satisfaction, too, because you wouldn't even, you came straight in the house in here. You taking mm-hmm. off your clothes, like so. I know you weren't doing no dirt, and it was almost like a way of him showing her that, and her Good observing call. that as well. So Great I, call. you know, I, I don't think they try to hit us over the head with it, but him coming in, and especially we seen him, I think last season, sneak in the house, mm-hmm. you know, try to put his clothes in the. In the I think even at the beginning of this season, yeah, yeah, what? yeah. So, uh, yeah, actually, you know what? In the montage, <laughs> yeah, because he, yeah, yep, because he was look. They yeah, kind of woke up and right. staring. Yeah, yeah, that was uh. Uh, yeah, that that's all. That's all I took from that. It was a, okay. it was a good way to end the in in the uh, episode. Okay, uh, y'all know we we don't leave we don't finish our episodes without first coming through with a ranking system. Uh, this is just what we do at Good Earners. But before we do the ranking system, something I want to implement here, just because we got a uh, a listener that's really into the show, he brought something to my attention, and I wanted to bring it to you, Rich, because um, it was a very interesting. Uh, uh, question. So his name is Chris Falone. Shouts out to you, bro. He's been lit, rocking with us since we kind of came out. But he said, what do we think about this? He says, I always say, believe half of 
what you see and none of what you hear. In my opinion, 0% chance Joan from last episode wrote that letter. We never actually see it. And later they reveal Meadow gets waitlisted at Georgetown. He says, I think that's a callback letting us know the letter never happened. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised by it. Hmm. I think we talked about it last week where it was Carmella was persistent about getting a copy, but we never see her get a copy. And even if she did a copy, there's no clear way to say that that's what they actually sent in. Mm. There's no confirmation. So I can okay. believe that. Like that that wouldn't that's not out of left field for me. Okay. That's a good pull by uh what's his name? Chris Falone. Yeah, Chris. Shout out to Chris, man. Yeah, um, that's a good up. observation. But I, yeah. I I I don't Yeah, that that's why I was like man, perspective. <laughs> like how do we it's up to yeah. us to decide what we want to believe. It's a I mindset. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 both of both arguments, I can see both sides clearly, and I think yeah. both sides can make a strong argument to make me believe, or at least understand why they believe one way or the other. Absolutely, I don't think Joan wrote it. I don't. I think that's why she came with no letter. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. It. I mean, because it wasn't no real threat. Like Carmela didn't threat or nothing. So it's it's an interesting. I don't know, Chris. We'll keep revisiting that, that, or we'll keep revisiting certain nooks and crannies. But thank you for that. Yeah, and you know, uh, I get more into our contact info for people that got you know more questions about to us the good earners. Um, I think the fact that Chris pointed out that it's not really mentioned again, and they we find out the Meadows waitlisted is also a, a good thing because if we had kept up with that, then I would believe that Joni wrote it because mm-hmm. she would have known like. Carmella ain't going for this. Like, I got to write this and we've gotten that. But the fact that she knew she could probably say she wrote it, hmm. type of a fake letter. She, you know, she might have just sent the letter that she did for the Dominican boy hmm. with the crackhead mama <laughs> and just changed a couple of things around and just gave her a copy of that. Like, we just never know. Carmella, you know. It's true. That's interesting. It's an interesting question. Very interesting. Interesting. Uh, so here's our ranking. We'll begin it this way. Rich, what do you rank this episode? These episodes get really hard for me to rank. I can't lie. <laughs> On the surface, it feels like it should be just another envelope, but it's a good earner to me. Okay. That's a personal pick for me. Mm-hmm. I like the cerebral episodes. I like the ones where we get a, a you know, um, where, where, where we are given the opportunity to look at something complex and figure out what side of the fence we want to land on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we find out Chris is okay. And there's just this overall thing. When, it, when an episode has a theme and they slowly put things, put those themes into each scene, um, and you pick up on what they're trying to say uh, while still being a good episode and flowing into the Sopranos world and seeing that other side, like I said, what's it like when things aren't good? We got mm-hmm. a we got a soldier down in the hospital. How are we gonna avenge this? How are we gonna manage? That mm-hmm. says a lot, you know. It's cool to be um, on top of your thing, you know. The Last Dance documentary, Jordan said, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk shit when you up six mm-hmm. points, but when you're talking when you down or it's even, that's a, that shows a sign of a man. Mm-hmm. That shows the signs of a leader when shit's going bad. How are we gonna bounce back from this? So mm-hmm. I appreciate all of those things and that different angle that we get to see of the the Sopranos family. Yeah. So for that, I'm gonna make it a, a good earner. Great, great, uh, great pull. I, 
when I initially watched it, it was definitely just another envelope because it mm-hmm. it felt heavy handed. Same. We reviewed it, and it feels like a good earner. Mm-hmm. That's how exactly how I was. And then I play everything back, and I'm gonna say it's made, bro. Oh, okay. I'm not I mad at that it either because it's so many. Uh, it's like you talked about the Istic jacket last episode. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just it has that classic, but this one has a lot of those. I mean, we got that with soldiers moment. You know what I'm saying? We we got the this is this is my air. We have so many of those moments. I'm telling you, our hell is in the Irish bar. Uh, you know, we got the this the sugarless mother, this the last drinking. No, mommy, Tony. We got that. We got, you know, we have so many Melfi, the Melfi, like, uh, why do you gotta do like we had so many moments, Paulie's satanic sick black magic like it's too many hit after hit after hit bro i i kind of yeah. gotta i really didn't want to give it a maid bro i promise like i was like i even seen recently some dude had this is his number one episode i was like get out of here bro but it's a good I, one man i it's too many moments like you can get so many famous clips from sopranos right on this one episode and i really am not like i said i'm not a big fan of this heavy-handedness of it but man i Honestly, gotta give it a maid, bro. I I can't believe I'm doing it. I can't believe it. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I completely understand you. You laid out exactly why you feel that way. When I sit down and think about it, it makes sense. I'm not mad at your ranking at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to You know. So, I, who gets the good earner award of this episode, man? I want to say Tony. It's really easy to say Tony, but mm-hmm. when they type you come back from the dead, I got to give it to you. So shout out to Chris, mm-hmm. giving it to Chris. He literally one. died and came back to life in the same episode. <laughs> I, I got to give it to Chris. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of there, man. Uh, yeah, but everything else is Tony. It's definitely Tony was he was he was really shining here. Um, I'm gonna see if I can take it a different direction here. Uh, I'm gonna say Big P, man. Uh, Big P, he got to he got to. He got to have a moment with Tony. You know, he got to go do a hit. I mean, I imagine Furio would have, he would have waited, let Furio do the hit just, you know, like he did with Tony because, you know, he really ain't supposed to be moving like that. But I think Big P got that sentimental sentimental moment. He got the information. So he he was the one that got the info out of nobody else, him. So he got to shine, really. And he got to bring that back to the boss. And he told him he was ready to go do the hit. And Tony got involved. So he got to have that moment with him. They got to have the little laughing moment. They eating at the, you know, the Irish joint. And, you know, they're just reminiscing and having a great moment. And these are, you know, the moments that still mean stuff. We seen last episode P crying, just thinking about the brotherhood they had. So I think P shine really. I, I like what P had going here. You know, it ain't too many wins for P, but I like this. He had a good moment. Okay. here. This, this That's episode. a great choice. I, if, if I really broke it down, I'm not mad at that choice at all. That's probably that's probably the right answer. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, he did his thing. He did, and he did. of course he had the you know the best fit of the episode too. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, who gets the broken balls award? Obviously, we don't give Mr. It, obvious here, but you know, I'm giving it to Doctor Melfi. Oh, yep, yep. She's in the worst place you want to be professionally. She's in the worst place you want to be personally. You know, she's drinking on her own. She's on meds. She doesn't understand why she's doing the thing that she does. Um, this could be a big turning point for her and the work that she's doing with Tony. She doesn't even understand why she's doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these things come into question. She's she's a wreck right now. She's yeah. a mess. And that's she's so integral to the show mm-hmm. and Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see her at a crossroads. So I got to give it to Melfi. She is not where she needs to be or wants to be. Yeah. I I, I want to. That's who I had to honestly, Melfi. Um, yeah, we'll go Melfi. I'm gonna go Melfi. Uh, same reasons. I mean, she 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 couldn't hold her stance. She broke, like you said, she broke the fourth wall of her professionalism, and you know, for that, I I gotta I gotta do that, you know. And then she just picked a weird place to draw the line. That was the weirdest. After all of that, this is what we're doing. This. Um, mm-hmm. And lastly, what is your favorite moment of this episode? I've already said it was just Paulie's overall. I'm gonna mix Paulie's conversation with Tony um, and his his visit to the psychic. Um, those two combined, I would say, are my favorite moments. Paulie's that psychic trip was hilarious. We talked about him throwing the chairs and his <laughs> phrase that we're not gonna repeat here on the podcast, but just the way he carried it and just being shocked, like just. I can't believe this has really happened. I can't believe you know this. I can't believe you know these intricate things. Yeah. Uh, and just how Tony flipped his perspective in one conversation. Tony didn't, Paulie didn't even realize it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just all how we, you know, it's all a big nothing, man. It's all how we do this world. And, and we make those choices and decisions to believe what we want to believe for whatever reasons that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever happens after that, when you tie in that spirituality, Mm-hmm. Um, that's either we right or we wrong, and that's kind of how you just got to live it. You just got to pick your side and just go, um, but also not be afraid to look at yourself from a different perspective and maybe look at things that you were traditionally taught from a different perspective to make mm-hmm. sure you're maximizing out on life. And I think mm-hmm. those scenes really discuss that um, and showed that in a real way. Um, and I just like, like I said, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I just like when things are broken down in a simple format, bro. Like you tripping over nothing. And the yeah. fact that they use those two and us as avatars. Mm. Believe what you want. You know? Yeah. Get all the research you can and then make a decision. That's my that's do, my do you have a do you have a runner up? Um just just curious. If not, it's cool. I just I kind of got like a two six two-fold situation kind of. So that's why I was asking. Um, not really. I really don't have a runner up. I guess it would be the hit. Because that's, that's oh, yeah, the hit, yeah. I didn't want to, yeah, you know, just because of how he went down. The map went out bad, and just yeah, seeing somebody down. you don't like. And anytime you get Tony Soprano, you know, knocking somebody off, yeah, that's always up there. Yeah, you're always gonna be good with that. So yeah, that, that'll probably be my second. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of us that this is my air. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just it, this, that's why it's a made episode for me, but um, that's fair. My favorite moment, it's it's going to be the, the last scene of the episode, actually. I really love when they get intimate. And I, I just always was big on Tony and Carmella doing it because it gives us the uh, insight on, oh, like, this is, for one, this is how they got their two kids, you know, for one, two. It gives us the insight on, like, there was a point where they really were in love. You know what I'm saying? For real. And I like to see the idea because you always see that chemistry, but not in this lover away. So seeing them two get together after having this very long, drawn out uh, thing, I just I really enjoyed it um, a lot. Uh, but there, yeah. So, yeah, I'll say that the 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 intimate scene between uh, 
Carmela and uh, Tony at the end. Uh, and that is our episode of Good Earners reviewing The Sopranos. We reviewed season two, episode nine, From Where to Eternity. You all can find us on Instagram, good Instagram, good earner pod underscore Sopranos. DM us there. Uh, get your meme fix. We also make some funny videos and funny editing as most of the Soprano meme community. So shouts out to them. Uh, y'all can also email us, goodearnerpod at gmail.com. I can reach us there. Um, and normally I don't plug our other shows, but I'm going to do that because there's nothing wrong with cross marketing. Uh, Rich, you want to tell them the other podcast you're involved in? Yes, I'm involved in a film and television podcast or two separate feeds. The Culture Garden podcast where we break down films specifically from the culture. Um, we have a movie coming up this week that is uh, 2005. One of the lead actor was nominated for an Oscar. I'm just going to leave it at that. Hmm. Check us out. We drop every Thursday. And then on television right now, we're talking about Run the World on Stars. Hmm. And there you have it. And also, y'all don't know already, uh, me and Spike Lou, we have another podcast, another week in the books that comes out every Friday. If y'all didn't know that. And also, y'all haven't already. I am. Uh, I have an audio fiction, audio drama series called Roll the audio drama series so there's three seasons of that out there i can check that out fourth season coming soon um thank y'all for listening and remember don't forget about it